It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a it's abandoned? No. It's Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. Well, hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me is your man, Chris the Jigman Figs. Uh, Mr. Uh, sorry, Mr. Jigman Thank Figs. You. <laughs> it's all got me in the mood for some goddamn respect, Brett. <laughs> oh, do I need to put some respect on your name? Yeah. At least I don't make you Bird call man? me chef like everyone else in my life. You make people call you chef? I don't make them, but I'm a chef, so everyone calls me chef. And I've gotten used to it. I used to hate it. I'm upset that you don't make them. Like I was gonna say that's badass. Like <laughs> I'm a chef. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna treat me with the title that I fucking deserve. I believe that I have to earn the respect of being called chef. And I think forcing people to say it takes away from that. So you're not gonna be like the guy who's like, I'm a doctor? No, absolutely not. Well, at nah. that point, you go to med school for that long, you've earned it. I line cooked at McDonald's and then line cooked at another restaurant, and now I'm running a business. So I don't know that I've earned it in the same way that. Yeah, man. A you were forged. You were forged. Ken Jeong. Yeah. Yeah. Molded by it. <laughs> yes. Molded. <laughs> As you know. Kept at a rolling boil until I earned the title of chef. Look, man, your profile picture of you sprinkling the cheese on the pizza. What would that be? Cheese Bay? Pizza Bay? Cheese Bay, I guess, would be the eh. the Rustico Seasoning Bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that look, that if you go look at that, that is a structurally sound twenty eight inch pizza. That is a big boy. Big boy. And it looks oh, yeah, good as hell. Yesterday okay. I actually we had a tasting and the guys never showed up. So I made mac and cheese, I made a bunch of other sliders, some pulled pork, but then I made a pizza. <clears throat> That had every different type of pizza we sell in sections, and I was so freaking proud of it because it was so hard. There was a buffalo pizza, a chicken bacon ranch pizza, a meat lovers pizza, a Corleone pizza, a pepperoni pizza, and a cheese pizza, all on one pizza. That's, These guys that's impressive. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Also, that's just a very odd, like, if you're just hearing random words throughout that, but, like, it's a big, meaty, 28-inch, and it's, it was hard. <laughs> hard as hell. I yeah, had to stretch that were, thing as long as I live. We're talking about pizza, guys, okay? Settle down if you're getting, you know you know how, like, they would make fun of people, like, listening to the audiobook of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and having to have water poured over them? I hope that that's not happening right now, guys. He's talking about right. pizza. Let's settle down, okay? Uh, Chris. Hi. I know just because it's big news and hey, here we are and I know you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's time that I, I might have to send you your copy of Wolverine Origins back uh, because oh. if I'm not mistaken, the price is about to soar through the roof because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has decided to let the world know that Hugh Jackman's back, baby. Yeah. As Wolverine. Hugh News. Uh, which is... It's exciting, but I've been. I, I my immediate response was like, "Oh shit, this is cool." And then my secondary response was, "It kind of sucks because Logan was the perfect outro." Yeah, but the way Disney's been doing it, it'll be multiverse and it'll be early Logan, so it won't. Take I know, away. but it's 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 more of the fact that he's coming back, and now I feel like there's a slight onus on the movie that 
I get that I'm projecting it onto it, but like in my mind, the movie has to be at least as good as Logan, so that his last movie w- as Wolverine is as good as Logan was. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get that. I just think they'll do like they'll give him the yellow suit, like that kind of shit, so yeah, that it seems like wrong. a completely different Wolverine. As we kind of stumbled onto earlier and i wish we could have captured that magical moment on camera we weren't recording yet sadly (laughs) i think i've come up with a very sound way of how this movie's going to work since his whole thing is that he made the joke in his tweet about that that had the video revealing it about i've kept my i've had to keep my mouth sewn shut about this or whatever I've decided as we had our conversation about how the mechanics and logistics of Deadpool's regeneration abilities are that the plot of the third movie is going to include the legs that get cut off of him that he ends up regrowing back in the first movie, if I remember right, uh, are going to be coming back as a fully grown Deadpool that the villain for this movie has gotten and is using to their own advantage and what's going to end up happening is that because he is in many ways deadpool just a basically a clone from regeneration that they're going to sew his mouth shut to get him to shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and that's going to be the joke towards uh you know the wolverine origins film and he will end up being the bad guy mm-hmm. so that's my that's my hit and that makes me think about how fucking bad the boss fight, the final boss fight in X-Men Wolverine Origins is. If I'm being honest, the whole reason I've not gone back for Platinum is I don't want to play that game on hard because I will be fine until that final boss. I have a feeling that on hard, that final boss is going to be the worst. You should do it because it's a great game and you should play it again. I didn't However, like the game. Communities take, if you were to cut off Deadpool's penis... Would the penis grow a second Deadpool or would the Deadpool penis just live forever in perpetuity, continuing to regenerate as it decomposes? That's the question we're we're asking today. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the show about, Brad? There's a bigger question in here, though, (laughs) right? There's a bigger question? If it lives in perpetuity, but it doesn't have brain, like it doesn't have a brain for the senses, is it still somehow inextricably linked to the original Deadpool's brain? And if someone were to stimulate his chopped off penis, would it therefore stimulate Deadpool? Like, is there a world in which his dick gets cut off and then some girl finds it and starts using it or something? And then he's in the middle of a battle and like, he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny. And he's like, I don't understand what's happening. But yeah, I'm I'm team extra Deadpool. Because I just think that the idea of regeneration, meaning that you can essentially, like definitely if you cut somebody in half, like if we really go to what the movie did, if you cut a man in half and his body regenerates, what is the regeneration tied to? It's true. It's a hard question. That's the real question. Is it, is it tied to his heart? I think so. Is he, is he like Cell from Dragon Ball? Where It'll even like, if he's like he can even control if he's like destroyed to like an atomic level, he can pull back together. I think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, he blows himself up in the second one. Well, yeah, but the difference is like, was he shred into like atomic pieces? But I think the fact that he got hugely blown up is probably a good point to the fact that whether his heart gets exposed or revealed or whatever doesn't really matter. Hmm. We're we're getting somewhere now. We are getting so, somewhere. If his heart doesn't play a, a factor 
and his body just regenerates due to the nature of its own cells, then at that point, if his legs, penis, hand, fingertip, if he, if he clipped his fingernail, how far does it go? If he clipped his fingernail, could his fingernail grow another Deadpool? These are the answers we need to know, guys. Well, his, his hands seem very manicured and quaffed, so I would think no on that one. Are you sure? Are you sure no. the plot isn't that there's an army of Deadpools now? That would be a great... I'd watch that movie, that he has to kill all the Deadpools that came because he killed himself. Yeah. I'm interested in it. But I, what if people were interested in PlayStation, dude, Brett? But before I, you get there, right? Because they're, okay. they're going to be interested in PlayStation. That's why they're here, Chris. Yeah, You know, they're yeah. here to listen to two guys sometimes more if needed, talk about gaming through the lens of being PlayStation fans. But you know what else, Chris? They're, what, what they're else, here Brad? for is for the remake of Jet Li's The One, starring nothing but the multiverse versions of Deadpool that all fight each other because as they fight and kill each other, the remaining Deadpools become more and more powerful. I don't know if you've ever seen Jet Li The One. I love that movie. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Also, it's got a young Jason Statham with hair in it. Yeah. So that's enough All reason right. to watch it, if anything. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. That's your tip for the day. Watch Jet Li's The One. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. It's also got a killer soundtrack. But guess what? Oh, Chris. Hi. That, that video clip you sent me earlier of the dude sitting around the table saying, like, say it. Yeah. The actor who said that line, the black guy is in the one as one no of shit. the cops. Yeah. See, what it's almost cool like you can connect all things through so many layers, right? I agree. A lot of separation almost. between these ideas. Uh-huh. But guess what, Chris? Yeah. What, Brett? If you're a PlayStation fan, like many, many people are, and you're Whoa. listening to this show, First and foremost, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the show and stick around to hear the majority of uh, the rest of the show. We're going to be doing a couple fun things. There's not a lot of news this week. Of course, there's some stuff that happened with the GTA 6 leaker. Uh, There's some stuff going on with The Last of Us that got shown off, uh, the TV show. Some little hints here and there that maybe, just maybe, Silent Hill isn't abandoned, or is it? Uh, And we're going to do a Metacritic draft, which we've seen people do before, but Chris had the idea that we should just do a 2023 draft and uh, do 12 picks. So we'll get into that in the long run. But we're going to start the show off uh, before we really get into the opener that we always do and what we've been playing. That is our typical thing. Uh, We mentioned last week that we were going to kind of talk about Patreon. And a lot of that comes down to Patreon's been being kind of neglected. Uh, like you guys support the show and you make this stuff possible to where we can do this without digging in our own pockets. And we appreciate that, but we don't get enough love. We don't really push it uh, enough for people to try and go to it. Uh, so we want to kind of fix that. We want to make it something that looks good, that gets updated, that we utilize as a platform. Uh, we want you guys to get benefits out of it when and where possible. And with that in mind, we've updated everything. Uh, we're not entirely done. So I will say, preface it with that but for the most part we are where we need to be to at least start kind of fresh so the entire page has been redone the mission statement kind of opening about is redone it's active on to what we are currently doing and what you can currently listen to um and with that 
we're going to be looking at some changes in the very shortcoming time period where we're going to lean into Patreon a little bit more and try and give you guys a little bit more out of it. Uh, so we're going to ask that if you haven't, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and just give it a look. See if you think it's worth giving us a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, whatever it is that you think it's that it's worth for this show. If you have that in you and you want to support us, we are super thankful for that. Um, so kind of what we want to do is a couple things. We want to guarantee that if you're a patron, you're always going to have access to the show ad-free and when possible for certain shows, probably never Triangle Square just because we've always not had early access. We don't really want to deal with that. So for new shows that we may do, which we're very much talking about and have plans for, you'll get early access. Even if we ever put ads in any of our stuff, you'll get ad free on Patreon. You, of course, if you join the discord, you get a role there. We have a nice colored name where you can show people that you support the show. Let's us see that you support the show. And that's great. We appreciate all of you who do that. Um, but kind of going into what we want to do, uh, I guess the first thing I can clarify is that the custom cases are done. I haven't had time to really put into to making them anymore. doesn't mean I never will make another one. And I may still do the occasional giveaway whenever I have the opportunity. But I want to move away from that being the thing. And instead, I want to really show appreciation for different things. So um, before we get to talking about some of the ideas, first thing I want to say is... All patrons that we currently have, every one of you who's been a patron, even though we've been neglecting it in many, many ways, we want to say thank you. Yeah. And part of the way we're going to do that is I've gotten some Triangle Squared stickers made. Big old stack of them right here. And what they are is like shaped vinyls of our logo in color. They look great. And what I'm going to do is send one to every patron that we have. So I'm going to ask if, if you're a patron, get on there and make sure that we have access to your shipping address uh, so that we can send these things out. I'm going to mail them out, whether or not you're across seas. I'll find a way to get it to you. If you're in America, of course, it'll be a lot quicker. Uh, We're going to make that happen. Moving forward, patrons at the $5 tier, as soon as you join at the $5 tier, you'll get a sticker sent to you as part of the perks. Um, We want to start kind of doing some fun stuff like that, little limited merch things, just as kind of a fun thank you. And to let people rep the show, for that, uh, that love it. So, Chris, in looking at what we're trying to bring to the table, we for a long time had a lot of people talking about midweek matinee. Yes. And for anybody who doesn't know, midweek matinee was this great fever dream, ridiculous <laughs> show that was kind of a product of COVID. Would you agree with that? I think so, yeah. I mean, I would say this. The show would have never... The idea would have never really gestated had it not been for COVID kind of forcing everyone indoors for a long yeah, period. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we had we all had like a little extra time, uh, really a lot of extra time. Uh, yeah. And I think everybody just kind of needed to be able to find a way to get together and goof off and have fun. So that spurred midweek. And it kind of evolved and changed a lot in those early days. People stopped being part of the show. And then Chris and I eventually kind of formed it into what it was. Um, it was a little too often and it was hard to keep my schedule on definitely as COVID restrictions kind of lifted off. My daughter's getting a little bit older. I bought a house to start working on. So my time got pulled and that kind of sadly fell by the wayside. Uh, but we know a lot of people have asked about bringing it back and we're willing to do so. So we're going to ask you guys, we're going to set our first goal and we're going to put it up on the patron soon. We're doing the final artwork for it. We're going to make a little snippet of uh, things to kind of give you who never listen to the show a chance to kind of get a little sizzle reel of things that we think are fun about the show from serious conversations about movies. Uh, and it's always every week was a different film. 
So we have serious films with serious discussion, serious films with goofy, fun discussion, and then sometimes pure chaos. Uh, <laughs> I like the moment where Blake tried saying that he wasn't being... I, I, it's my favorite thing to say just because I just think it's so funny. But Blake talking about being... Um, not pretentious. Yeah, pretentious. But he's uh, talking about being not pretentious while discussing a... Uh, a black and white 1950s French film. <laughs> it's just a funny moment. But anyway, uh, we've got a new logo worked up for it. Uh, we've got a new idea. We want to bring that back as a monthly show. But all of this is hinged on you. So if you want midweek matinee back, we're setting it. We are $79 a month right now on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who is involved in that. If we get that to $100 a month, we will bring back Midweek Matinee as a monthly show, one episode a month. You will get it two weeks early, one week early. We're still trying to figure that out, but there's going to be early access for video or for audio. It will be an audio-only show for the time being um, and maybe in perpetuity. You will get early access to that, and then it will eventually be made available free for everyone just to kind of share the love. So if you like the idea of midweek and you want to hear us talk about movies and get a little bit extra of us in your ear holes throughout the week, let us know. Chris. Hi. You have anything you want to talk about with midweek? No, I just really like that show. I hope we can get to a point where we can bring it back because that's uh, it's a fun show. I think that's the thing is it's a very fun show. It is a fun show. Uh, and you know, we don't talk about it a lot, but there's a lot that happens behind the scenes to make these shows happen and work and editing and making sure that we try and be on social, which we don't always do the best of. And we're trying to kind of course correct that as we, you know, come into, we're about to be coming into our sixth year of this show. <laughs> um, uh, so we need to kind of tighten up and do things a little bit better. So we're going to start putting some of the onus on you. If you want new content, show us, vote with your wallet, as we always say, you know, mm -hmm. so now is your time. Um, well, I think more than anything else, like obviously people, the show is supported and we appreciate that, but the more support that we can do, the more that I think you get content from us. So if you like this content and you like hanging out with us once a week, like there you go, maybe we'll be able to get to a point where I can take a day off or Brett can take a day off and we can do more stuff. You know what I mean? So it's a big help. Yeah. It's easier to carve out and create time when we have extra funds. It also makes it easier to do fun ideas that may be a little more costly without having to front that cost immediately ourselves. So now's your time. Hopefully you see the value and you want to do that. So we'll get that up as a stretch goal within hope. I think from what Chris and I were talking about, we'll have it up by the end of the week. Um, probably. So we will definitely blast that out on social media. If you don't follow us, make sure you go over there. We're at, on Twitter at Triangle SQRD, Facebook. There's a group that is just Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. And then you can find us in the Discord, which is always linked in the video and description, uh, the video description and audio description of these episodes, uh, wherever you watch and or listen to them. As a final part of that stretch goal, Chris and I have been kind of working on a project mm -hmm. that is more of a creative outlet, I would say. And uh, as part of that stretch goal, if we hit that $100, we will put together our 
episode zero, as it were, of the show uh, so that we can put it out there, let you guys hear it and see if it's something you're interested in and let us know if it's something that's kind of worth continuing to do. We're excited about it. We've been working on it behind the scenes uh, for a little bit. So mm-hmm. it'll be very cool. Let it. Yeah. Let us know what you want. And if you are, if you're bumping this up and, and going to Patreon and, and pimping us out with your money, <laughs> we're pimping ourselves out. Yeah, for your and that's a, that's one of those things. Like, even if you can't support <laughs> on Patreon, right? Like, please rate and review. Like, like it, share it. Tell your friends. Tell your boss. Yeah. Tell your kids. Like, <laughs> tell your boss. <laughs> maybe don't tell your kids. We hey. swear a lot now, but you used to be able hey, to boss tell your man. kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you go in there, you go to him. And you're like, hey, listen, I would like a raise, but I have something in exchange. You pay me ten percent more, and I tell you about this really great podcast, Triangle Squared. A PlayStation podcast, but you don't have to like PlayStation to listen to this podcast. We have true friends in all places, you know. So that just that kind of stuff. Even the little bit, like maybe you can't support on Patreon, but maybe one of your family members really does want to help us out. You know, some a friend will support. There's always passing, passing, passing the joint makes everyone happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> passing the buck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the buck. Yeah, the literal buck. Exactly. Not metaphorical. Put it on the back of your horse and bring it to Pearson. Yeah, so, of course, uh, moving forward, we're going to be far more active on Patreon. We're going to make sure every episode of the show is posted to Patreon, uh, just so it's an active community over there. Uh, And we're going to get a little bit better about social media across the board, making sure that you guys understand how y'all can be part of the show with the community's take as we started making sure we put in the community's take if you answer by this time, you have a chance to be read on the show. But that's enough of that. Let's go ahead and move into the community's take. Or actually, rather, let's move into what we've been playing. See, I, I knew Chris, if I if I preempted it, I was, it throws me off. It's okay, though. I'm just, I have a scapegoat in the form of Chris. <laughs> just let me... Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Chris, let's get this show started the correct way, then, finally. Correct way. And let's talk about what you've been playing and how you have stayed a faithful man. I have stayed a faithful man. Just with a little bit of side action here and there, right? Um, the occasional, you know, I, I I get occasional nookie on the side, but I really am committed to the one girl in Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> I um, I've completely, completely finished it. I'm past the epilogue. The game is over for me. All right, so now is your chance to tell everyone that you were wrong. Didn't I do that already? Like multiple times no. admitted that I was a hundred percent right because I've always maintained that Red Dead is really freaking good. I've yeah, never Chris, said, always said that. I've never said anything different than Red Dead is a great game. Don't put that sure. evil on me. Put that evil on my 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 brother who was doing You this strongly show. implied with negative connotation that the game was not good. No. That was my brother Friss Kigaroa. Yes. Okay. Not me. So nah, the evil twin, yeah, that yeah. happens. But in all seriousness, yeah, that's, a, that's an everyday. I was thing. objectively wrong. Red Dead Redemption Two is incredible, probably a top ten game of all time, arguably top five. I'm going to give it top five. So there you go. Bold congratulations, moves. Blake. You win. <laughs> you can have. Blake's been one. like waiting for that victory. He's just like Blake has been dead for so long, and his his little dead body is just clasping onto the dream that one day you'll like Red Dead Two, and he finally got it. Yeah. The ghost of Blake Popes can finally rest. His soul can pass to the other side. 
I'm pr- I'm happy for him. He got his wish. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you just need that in life. So, it's okay. Uh all right, so cool. Red Dead 2. What have your what's been your what's your side pieces? You know, who you been hitting up on the side? Um I've played a little bit of Inscription. Um mm-hmm. and then today it was some Tunic. But it's really just Red Dead. Even playing Tunic, I was like, "Oh, this is really great. I'm going to go play Red Dead." <laughs> well, I got a lot to uh, do in Red Dead still, so. So you're going for platinum, right? I am going to go for platinum, yes. We can safely say that you are going for platinum. 100%. Okay. 100%. I wanted to get to platinum even when I didn't like the game. Because it was just one of those, Let's like, just, you're screw you, you can't tell me anything. No, my reason I wanted the platinum for that game so bad was because I wanted, anytime someone questioned why I didn't like it, I could be like, shut up, I have the platinum, the game sucks. And now I'm like, shut up, I really want the platinum because the game's really good. <laughs> Your logic's a little flawed, though, because if yeah. a game sucks, why would you play it all the way to platinum? Like, I get what you're saying. It's like if to you have prove. a platinum, they can't they can't question that you like didn't do something. Like, well, you just didn't do this side quest. No, I did everything. I did everything. The motivation. But if is... you think a game sucks, that's like the guys. I was talking to my friend at work because he plays a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, and he's yeah. like, I have a friend who every time he gets on, he's like, this game sucks, man. But why are you playing it then? If you think a game sucks, why are you putting 500 hours into it? Because, Brett, nobody can tell me that I'm wrong if I have the Platinum. You can't look at someone with the Platinum and Red Dead and be like, you don't like Red Dead? Why? You don't, You clearly don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, nah, dog. I did everything in that game. You can't question me. It sucks. I wanted to kill myself for 300 hours, and you can never question my abilities again. I mean, fair. That's the exact reason. All right. Well... I- I don't know if I necessarily track the logic all the way through. I get what you say, but I still think you ultimately play, you played an entire game that you hated, and I think at the end of the day that that says more about the the game. <laughs> There's no way your hate can be so strong to fuel you through a platinum for a game like Red Dead Two, which takes hundreds of hours, unless the game doesn't suck as bad as you like to say. You know what I mean? Like I know you don't think, say that now, but I think you question <laughs> commitment to the bit. I do question commitment to the bit, Chris. Yeah. I do. Yep. My commitment yep. to the bit was thinking it sucked for four years and then realizing it's one of the best games I've ever played. That's just how it is. I've learned that That's just the way it is. A- what a, what a goddamn a moment that was. Anyway, sorry. Red Dead Redemption spoiler chat's coming soon. But I don't think you mentioned in Patreon. We'll be bringing back spoiler chats when the... Yeah, the, so the I mean, it's hits. been a while since we've done a spoiler chats, but yeah, we are bringing those back. Uh, we've we've been talking about uh, having one for Red Dead, whether or not I'm part of it. Uh, we're talking about having one for the game I've been playing all week, Inscription, <laughs> um, because Inscription's incredible. Like, I don't so even good. know. It's funny because Chris talked about it so much last year, but since I didn't really have the type of access I wanted to it. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not going to bother. But now that it's on console and I can play it from the comfort of my couch, you know, as a relaxing, it's so good. Uh, it, it's funny. We had like a saw. I was telling him that I started playing Inscription and it was really good. And mm-hmm. he goes, he goes, what's is the twist that Chris is talking about? And if, at the time, I didn't know. I didn't even. Mm-hmm. I wasn't far enough. And he said, is the twist that Chris keeps? Is it worth it? Like, is it big? Because Chris was really talking it up like it was something crazy. And I was like, I don't know what Chris meant because I don't want him to tell me but I don't know how right. much of the game I have or have not experienced. And I need to tell him 
I've, I've talked to right? a few times and I keep forgetting that not only is the first twist <laughs> really interesting, that second one, and potentially there's more, I don't even know, quite wild. Quite wild. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you keep talking about inscription. I will be right back. My dogs are freaking out. Oh, good. Freaking out dogs. Speaking of that, that, you should play inscription. <laughs> no, inscription is really interesting because, like, th- you know, the, um, the kind of flash cell for it, like, you know, back of the back of the box art cell for it is going to just be that it's a card game with some really interesting mechanics that play into your use of the card game. And it's essentially a card game slash roguelite for the majority of the game. And it means that if you die, you're going to restart, you're going to rebuild your deck up, and then you're going to have to contend with the random nature while you choose paths to go on towards bosses. There's so much more to it than that that I want to be really careful about because I think that part of the um, what makes Inscription amazing is that it presents itself and kind of markets itself with a vagueness. And that vagueness is great because it doesn't really tell you what it is. And I think the word of mouth being strong towards the fact that it's vague, but it's something that's intriguing and I think really captures you is the best I can do for it. It plays into a lot of different types of genres and games while still at the core being a card game. And even when the game switches it up, it still beca- it still remains a card game in many ways, just with far more mechanics and shifting up mechanics that constantly keep you on your toes. So I would say play Agreed. it and just keep playing it because even when you think you might be done, you're not done. It pulls a near automata in many ways. And I really like that. So uh, that might have even been saying too much, but that's as much as I will say. Um, just play it. So yeah. play the game and i really think chris and i will have it because part of what i think makes inscription so amazing is that talking about it i think is different than talking about 90 percent, like 99 percent of games because it just chooses to kind of go against the grain in a lot of ways i would agree yeah so uh, apparently chris came back from dealing with his dogs and he's eating so i'm going to land on the fact (laughs) that chris dealt with his dogs by eating them (laughs) (laughs) i did yeah you monster. But my dogs were were barking because the food I ordered for an hour and a half from now decided to come now. So that's cool. I'm hungry now. Oh, awesome. Came a little too early. Yeah, but you were you were going to suffer for the show, right? Oh yeah, I I'm always suffering for the show. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, here we are. Uh, do you want to have? Uh, you want to add anything else about inscription? I, I want to, of course, be careful on not ruining the experience for anyone. No, I wouldn't want to spoil anything. It's just inscription is really good. Go play it. Should have played it last year when I told you guys to. So, I super appreciate that you remained vague. Yeah, I thought about not being I, vague. It's important because I think that you tempting. can tell how excited I was when I was messaging you. Because it's like it, yeah. something happens and you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, I got to go talk <laughs> to somebody about this. Right. Yeah. So that's really good. I, I've really enjoyed that game. Go play it. Conan Exiles, playing more of that. That game continues to just be this weird mix of drawing me in despite there being aspects of the game that I don't love. And it's a weird thing to contend with. Uh, but Donovan and I were kind of talking about it. It's like, even if the game's not great and 
in a couple of different aspects. I think it's serviceable in pretty much every aspect. And I would even say, well, like it's good enough in most aspects. Um, it's super fun in just a few key areas. Building is incredible. And I know I mentioned that last week, so I don't want to spend too much more on that. But a conversation that kind of came up um, that I think is interesting is this talk about kind of Breath of the Wild and its impact on open world games and how a lot of people talk about Breath of the Wild and even the developers and how it influenced um, Elden Ring. And some of the things that I point as not necessarily criticism so much more as detractors for what draws me towards wanting to play those games. Cause like I've said, it, I don't really want to play Elden Ring. I don't have a draw to because I've kind of realized what it is, is that a game like Conan Exiles can do what Elden Ring does in terms of having a massive world that gives you a sense of discovery. But I think the difference for me is that Elden Ring has large swaths of what I consider to be emptiness with not enough mechanical backing to push me towards wanting to continue exploring if I don't get payoffs often enough. And I think that original Soulsborne games from, from have always done a great job of being tight, incredibly well-crafted hub worlds so that it feels like every turn and every corner is deliberate and you get that dopamine rush of a challenge that you get to overcome often enough to keep you playing. I think um, you're where underestimating I think, what Elden Ring does, by the way. Oh, first of all, yeah, I'm glad you said that, Chris, because the important aspect here is I only played about seven hours, five hours of Elden Ring. Yeah. So in that five hours, I didn't feel the reward enough for me. Not to say it's not there. It's just clearly pushed out and broadened. So I think my view on why I like Conan Exiles is partially because it doesn't come from a genre or a series that I already have expectations with. Because I think part of why I don't really care for Breath of the Wild the same way everyone else does is because while I'm playing it, I would just be rather playing versions of what they've made in the past. I would rather just be playing a Bloodborne-like game just with new content because they can still find ways to interject something interesting and fun in that while keeping that tightly crafted world. And Breath of the, Breath of the Wild is a perfectly fine game, but I would rather have a Zelda game that puts you in these dungeons and gives you little puzzles that constantly change until you get to this final boss for this dungeon and then you move on. I personally prefer that. I think Conan and games like this end up having massive worlds that I can end up falling into because I have no expectation of the series. But I think there's a secondary thing, too, where because of the type of game Conan is as a survival game, with all these different like, you know, things coming in, there's combat aspects coming in, there's armor, there's crafting, there's building, and building is so much more involved than a lot of games. But what that means is that when I'm out in the world, I'm exploring because I'm trying to find resources and materials or things that have something I need because not only do I need it to progress the game, I need it because I want to do the thing. So like I'm out looking for this rare material or enough materials for me to be able to build this cool building because it gives me a better fortress, but I also have a great time building. So then whenever I discover something accidentally within the, the purview of that, it ends up being exactly what I think Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring want, which is that sense of discovery where I, we were running around Donovan and I and we found a watchtower. And 
Yeah. We killed everybody at it. And then when I thought, well, here's this big tower and there's a climbing mechanic in that game, much like Breath of the Wild, that's tied to stamina. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can climb this building and see if there's anything up there. Well, I got to the top of the building and there was an extra guy up there. I killed him. There was a chest. And I was like, can I go to the rest of the top of the building? I climbed to the very top, another chest. And then I came back down and I realized that there's a lever on the wall and I flipped it up and I was like, what is that? And we went over up a hill because Donovan was like, well, there's like a weird arts land bridge going up this hill. Do you want to go up there? And I said, ah, you can go up there. And then I kind of went around and I ended up coming back up and there's this crazy huge temple hidden that you couldn't even see from the distance because it was just up on top of a massive hill. And it's so tall that you couldn't see <laughs> the, uh, the temple but we went inside of it and it was just like crazy architecture, really interesting things like sacrificial pits. And we're like, what the hell is this? What do you do? You can use these things. You can repair certain aspects. If you have the material, there's a, there's like a triangle embedded in the floor of like a scale model of the map that you can look at and it shows other watchtowers. So we clearly did something and we started looking at where this were and like comparing it to the real map. And that was amazing, but that was only found because we were just trying to explore to find iron and stuff to make better armor and to build our house better. And so yeah. I think that the mechanical backings for Conan, there's so many more mechanics at work that it ends up working with that massive world. Whereas a game like Elden Ring is not really about collecting plant fiber from this bush and then mining that rock so I can get some stone and then hitting that iron so I can hit iron and then fighting this rock nose monster because I need the experience from it. And I can also maybe find a baby pet, which is beneficial from combat, but also beneficial because they can be a mule and carry extra items for you. All of it feels more circular in a way that's a more constantly rewarding loop than what I personally get out of games like Breath of the Wild and whatnot. So it's it's interesting. Chris, I know that you love Breath of the Wild and you I liked do. Elden Ring more than I did. So, I mean, I, what's, I like like, what's kind of your take on that? Yeah. Um, well, A, I think you're underestimating what Elden Ring does, which is fine. You haven't played it, so you haven't seen that yeah. there is around every corner something crazy, right? Arguably. I mean, I don't know. I feel like within five hours, I feel like I should have seen that already then, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think it depends on how you played it. It's not a game for everyone. It's I not mean, a Dark Souls game. I mean, I even said, I think last week, yeah. like, I really like Elden Ring and I don't ever want to play it again. Like, I'm not going back for Platinum yeah. or any of that. So, I, I don't hate it. the game, but I just, I have no draw to play it. Yeah, it's cool. And, like, I'm saying right now, I could never play it again, but it wouldn't surprise me if in two days I download it and spend another 20 hours with it. But it's, I think you're, the way you're talking about Conan, it makes me want to play Conan, knowing. That the, as the kind of gamer I am, I don't have any interest in Conan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I don't like these games, but you're making it sound really fun. But I know that I'm going to start it. Like The Forest. You you and Saul raved about The Forest. And I tried it that session. It was like after a show. <laughs> we are like, oh, we're all going to play The Forest. And I tried. And I we were playing and I was fighting sleep. I was fighting against <laughs> passing out playing that game. <laughs> So I just these games are not funny. But you're I good think at Conan them. might actually be the I think Conan might be the cure for that. I I okay. really I know that that technically just sounds like the name, but Conan's got so much more mechanical stuff going on than the forest. Like I love the forest, but the forest is far simpler in comparison. Building is far simpler. 
the fun of the forest is actually just surviving. Actually, the most fun I had in the forest, as crazy as it is, I had a great time playing with everybody else and experiencing fear with everybody else. But the best time I had with that game was doing the completely alone run to finish the story um, for the Platinum, where I got in, I played so much that I knew where all the things I needed to get were, and I got to the final boss within like two hours maybe and it was great the story the world is interesting and told in a very odd, different way but that's a very different that's thing. cool i think that there's more t- there's more touchstones in conan there's skill trees yeah there's for me it's like knowledge points that you spend there's obvious goals that you can go do as well as exploration. Like the game gives you things that you should be doing but it also and they're like they start off simple like block an enemy's hit shoot an enemy with an arrow, build a house, make your house two-story, upgrade your house to the second tier of building, throw a, throw a potion, throw, a, a, throw an orb, make an right. iron weapon. So it's like it gives you little things, but then there's like bigger things that you can get while you're in the aspect of trying to find those things. Okay, that's fair. I think for me, it's just that setup isn't for me. Like even stuff like Valheim, yeah. I was like, ugh. This is getting boring. Yeah, I haven't played Valheim. So I would love for there to be a game that, which this is probably the best thing for Conan. I can't even compare it to a game because I don't, I've not played a game that's like this. And I think the other thing that might mm-hmm. help, because like I know you didn't like um, um, Tribes of Midgard either, really. Partially because I think you got. Eh introduced into it when we had way too we we already knew what we were doing too much and so yeah. we're out playing you know. and i don't think we were doing enough to try and pull you with us you know yeah but tribes was always at a disadvantage because it's so slow you know, but what i was going there is unlike tribes you don't lose everything even though that that was the fun for me is that the roguelite aspect and Conan, you don't lose everything. I mean, if you die, you can as long as you make it back to your body within like fifteen minutes, you can get all your stuff. So there isn't that sense of like, oh, I have to completely restart from ground zero. You know, that makes sense. Either way, we can uh, one of these days. Maybe I can get you to play Conan, and maybe one of these days you'll prove that you were right along, and Conan's still not a game for you. <laughs> I'll download it. Yeah, there you go, Chris. I own it. It's free, so. Here, here, Chris, we'll make a trade. Okay. I'll play Red Dead Redemption 2 online with you. You play Conan Exiles with me. We'll do once each, and we'll see how much we want to continue that. That works for me. I'm down. Sounds like a fair trade? Fair trade. All right. I will download Red Dead as soon as we get done here. Let's go. All right. So, with that out of the way, I think it's time to jump into the community's take. What say you? I say that's a good idea. But please tell people where they can submit. Huh? What? So keep munching down on that food, man. I'm rocking. Chilling. I know you are. You you go ahead. I'll know you're done when your camera comes back on. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside of, I think, 30 seconds, yeah. I've been relatively respectful. So we got this. Oh, you, you know what, Chris? You're great. I appreciate oh, that of you. You're beautiful. But guess man. what, Chris? As you were saying, those yeah, guys can find saying? us once more at uh, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast group on Facebook, so that you can 
answer our props for the community's take, where we reach out to you guys. We kind of form a question based off of the previous week's uh, one of the big topics there. We ask you guys so that we can get your feedback and kind of hear what the general consensus amongst you guys are. Uh, and so you can do that on Facebook. Like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can go to the description below, find the Discord link. And in Discord, there's a dedicated section for community's take and then community's take discussion if you want to talk about other people's answers because you agree, disagree, or have questions. Uh, so with that in mind, the community's take is, with Grand Theft Auto 6 recently joining the list of titles leaked before release, how do you feel about the impact of leaks on the industry for both companies and the fans? Do you tend to try and avoid, and avoid leaks or do you see them as mostly a non-issue for your potential enjoyment of a title? Our first answer came from... Jehudi MD, he's back in the Discord after a bit of a hiatus. Jehudi, welcome back. Good to hear from you. He says, it's an interesting question, and I can see from two perspectives. Mine, I don't really care much. A leak will not change my opinion of a game, since mostly by the time a game leaks, its foundations have been set of what kind of game it will be. Industry-wide, I think a part of shareholders, these leaks could not affect developers as much since their goal and vision of the game has been set and there really is nothing fundamental they can change to appease the audience at that point in time unless they scrap the whole thing. One issue would be if ideas for gameplay leak that are unique and new, but I doubt we have much of this nowadays since every conceivable gameplay mechanic has been used already. That's an interesting question because... I don't know that you mean it this way, but it's kind of a pessimistic view on gaming in the sense that you feel like we've reached every mechanical opportunity within games. I would almost argue that inscription spits in the face of that. Though it's weird because you know that thing where they talk about there's nothing new under the sun? Yeah, I do. Okay, so that idea is that like even if something comes back or, or even if something is coming out and it feels new, that in many ways it's just a permutation of an idea that's already been used once before. Now, I think it's a really weird way to view things because in many ways it's true. Everything is essentially an iteration in some way, shape, or form. But I still think there's essentially ways where you can play something and be like, I've never seen that before. So even if it's not a single mechanic, I think what can come is a game like Inscription mixing together mechanics that you've never seen mixed together before. And that mixture makes you go, oh, this is cool. I've never seen this and this has a strong reaction. You know, do you think the guy that made Dr. Pepper was like, yeah, someone's made Dr. Pepper before? No, he was like, I want to take all these ingredients that you know. I'm going to shove them bad boys together. These 23 unique flavors. Shove those together, and you're gonna have a Dr. Pepper. I think in the end, though, I think he's right <clears throat> because, yeah, it's conceivable that most gameplay mechanics have been used, but it's more about new and fresh ways the gameplay mechanics can be used. I guess does that make sense? Well, because it's kind of like how there's um, seven different stories, right? And every story is just a different way of telling those seven stories. And that's the same thing with game mechanics. It's like in every game you kill or shoot people, but it's how you kill or shoot people in every game. Yeah. And you're, that's what I'll say is like, it's not wrong, but at the same sense, 
something about, and this is one of those things about text. Maybe it's just reading it feels a bit dour. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but it it feels like it doesn't carry the the hope of like just because we have we know all of the types of mechanics that you can use doesn't mean that they can't be put together in a in a mechanic medley that is <laughs> you've never seen before. You know what I mean? Yeah, a toss mechanic so, salad. That's kind of my hope. You know, it's easy as you kind of live and experience and things. Definitely with the you know in, introduction of the internet, the ability for ideas to permeate much quicker makes it to where all these new things continue to go. But I like to think that there might even be a genre of games that we've never thought of that will eventually one day come around. I'm going to choose to be optimistic here. I mean, I like the optimism. Maybe, just maybe. But for the most part, I, I kind of agree with the answer. I I don't personally care about leaks much in terms of, I don't think anything bad of them typically. Most of the time, I tend not to even look at them. And I, I guess, okay, let me take that back. I look at them because of the show and I feel like I want to be able to comment on them if I find them comment worthy. But I don't have much of a drive to look at leaks myself anymore. Like for my own benefit. I like them just because I find them interesting. I'm not like, you know, I don't go on 4chan and I'm like, oh, Deep Down is back. You know what I mean? But like, it's kind of interesting to see someone make up a leak and see how hard they defend it. Like that Sony fan 69 guy. I think that might be, (laughs) I think that might be a delineation between the two because I think leaks and rumors are very different things and mm-hmm. a lot of leaks are are unsubstantiated so they essentially are rumors but I, a case like the leak for Redfall the leak for The Last of Us 2 the leak for Grand Theft Auto 6 I think these are true leaks that give real information <clears throat> that can be you know pulled out and extrapolated from what you see and and can experience by either watching or looking at screenshots. And I think that's a very different thing than we hear that there's, you know, oh, there's a new Silent Hill trademark. Oh, there's a Silent Hill. They re-registered the trademark. Ooh. I think one is more exciting for like the fact of, I love people being like, it's the Sly Cooper 20th anniversary. They put all the Sly Cooper games on PS Now for America or for you know North America at least. That means that there is a very high chance that we're going to get some kind of Sly announcement as part of the 20 year. I like that kind of stuff where it's just like having fun guessing what could come from little bits mm-hmm. of information. Like Demon Souls being a test for Bluepoint so that when they make Bloodborne 2... It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't saw hate of that, but I actually think that's a good theory. It's oh, fun yeah. because I can see the basis. Like I can follow the logic, whether or not it actually plays out that way. I, it's not a huge leap. No. There's a they're world re- in which I could see Sony being like, remaking hey, From Software is making familiar. Elden Ring 2 because it's too, you know, Elden Ring was a smash hit. Elden mm-hmm. Ring sold like 38 million copies and Bloodborne sold 2.8 or whatever it is. But we're going to let you make um, Bloodborne 2. And Miyazaki is going to be like, he's going to give guidance and his blessing. And he'll we'll put his name on it in the same way they put 
George R. R. Martin <laughs> on Elden Ring. Right? So, yeah, that one's interesting. We have a uh, Swanlin came in with an answer. He's also recently back in the Discord. Welcome back, buddy. He says, compared to other industries on the planet, I feel like the video game industry has the dumbest audience in regards to people understanding how their games are made. So I guess what he's saying is other industries, people tend to be a little bit more informed. So like if a movie leaks, the reaction's different. I don't know how I feel about that, but he says, so I don't think leaks can hurt because they don't understand it's not in any way highlighting the final product. And I think that was an interesting answer because of the fact that outside of movies leaking with like green screen, like you could see for like some of the green screen stuff that happened for Zack Snyder's justice league before it ever actually came out as a thing when it was released, the Snyder cut, there were cuts and little images of like original color, color graded footage from his version of how he was viewing the film. And the reality there is that you still see the people. The people look the same. So a movie leaking is not going to have as drastic of a, of a change as a game might because there's a lot of stories about games like God of War where in the last like two months, suddenly the game came together where they were almost worried about having to delay it yet again because it was... <laughs> up until that final stretch in many ways they considered it unplayable you know damn yeah it's true so with those things in mind i think that that's actually a, a fairly good thing because you can leak a song and for the most part that song is going to sound eh, actually it's interesting i still think i agree with that but i think people can wrap their head around the ideology of cameras and green screen and stuff like that more so than they can. Like games are interactive. So the interactive element is what matters most. And a lot of pre-development and a lot of pre-alpha and alpha is about finding the gameplay and mechanical loops that work. And it matters a lot less what the game looks like or what world you're seeing the, the characters in and more whether or not these mechanics in the gameplay loop is rewarding enough to build an entire game around and how do you expand past that. So seeing a character model that maybe doesn't look as good as you were hoping for doesn't really matter because that's not they're not at the part of the development where that matters because they're trying to figure out how to make the interactive aspect of this medium work. Everything else is just you can see like everything else is like the movie industry. Well, we can get it looking a certain way. We can get it sounding a certain way musically or audio wise, but the core of it is the interactive element that the other industries lack. True. Yeah. I just don't think people are ever going to understand how games are made. It's just not, even I follow it and I don't fully understand. So yeah. Well, I think you have to be entrenched in it. I mean, it's still true. I don't want to simplify and say everyone knows how films are made because the reality is that people who follow films don't necessarily understand what goes into making a film. True. But That's a fair. Games have an elevated version of the same problem. So... Fair. Uh, Wolf Suki over on Twitter says, just a bit of a dick move to leak the game. It was a game we have waited years for. I would have preferred it to be shown on a direct. I think he means like a, some kind of dedicated event for it. So it's more of a surprise instead of some kid in his mom's basement illegally hacking and leaking the game. 
<laughs> there is that aspect. I can see how a game getting leaked and then social media making it very hard to avoid those leaks can take away that wow factor that a show can bring where you're like, God of War? Is that Kratos? Is that Kratos' voice? That was an insane moment. And I think if that would have been leaked, that would have sucked. Yeah, I agree. That would have been shitty. But there's a there's a side of it that's hard to kind of bring in because I don't know if you remember this, but at PSX one year, I think it was. It might have been E3, but I think it was PSX. Corey Barlog accidentally said that he had come back because they were announcing that he was back at Santa Monica and he had let it slip that he was back to try to take a new spin at God of War. And then, then like, I think it was like at the end of something where he didn't know his mic was still picking up somehow, some way it was essentially leaked that they were working on more God of War. But I still don't think that that takes away from the actual reveal. Whereas a leak of someone taking the video of Kratos walking out from the shadow and then revealing his face, so you see it's Kratos. If that got leaked, then it getting announced like that, it just takes away that kick in the face that you get. That's a fun kick in the face where you're like, Whoa, "This is awesome!" You know. Do I do it? I do know what you mean. I'm trying to find that All story, right. but I can't see it. So. The story about Corey Barlog? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could find it, but I remember it being a thing where they were like, did it just let it slip that they're working on a more God of War? So, <laughs> more God which of you got to remember, at that time, Ascension didn't really do very well yeah. for a God of War game. Was like, it's game a good? All right game. Yeah, actually, it's a solid game. No, it's not as good as the rest of the God of War games. Yeah, well. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, contextual to their release. Yeah. Like, it's clearly it's- a better... It's in better many than ways, it's, them, it's better than yet. God of War One, but <clears throat> not for what you'd expect for when it released. The game is gorgeous. Right. Oh, the game looks really good. <laughs> I own it. I've and never there's a really cool it. puzzle. It's yeah. the only the God of Alex War game. I haven't played. Nice. So you played the PSP ones? Yes. Did you play the yes, remasters on PS3? I did. I got the platinum in uh, Chains of Olympus earlier. Nice. Yeah, those are great. All right, let's see. Over on Facebook, uh, we've moved to kind of doing 222, by the way. So we may not get to everyone, but that's just kind of how it is. So Cody James McGinnis says, I think it's a pretty big issue for the devs and publishers themselves. Kind of destroys their whole planned marketing campaign. But as for gamers, it's not a real issue unless a game gets delayed or canceled altogether due to leaks. Has there been an example of that? Uh, Half-Life 2 almost got canceled because it leaked. Or Source, Ooh. something about Source leaked or Half-Life leaked. But they almost it was like on the verge of being canceled and obviously it wasn't. But <laughs> What a weird butterfly moment, like a butterfly effect moment in gaming that would have been. Right. Yeah. I mean, GTA 3 didn't leak, but 2, that was almost canceled too. That would have been even bigger. Yeah. It's a huge yeah. one. You think about how both of those games influenced their respective genres and in many ways pioneered their respective genres. I, I, we don't do much video content, but I'd love to make a video and research like the, the effect of like the outgoing effect of what would have happened without GTA three. Yeah. The interesting question for me on those is always whether or not they would have eventually happened just far later down the road. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The Witcher 3 may not have come out in 2015 had it not been for Grand Theft Auto 3 coming out in 2001. Instead, you may have eventually gotten a game that's essentially The Witcher 3, but it may have taken an extra seven years before someone started right. rolling the ball towards that type of game. Well, but you're not even... Th- you're thinking of it like there would have been... You know, was is true crime the game we look at instead of GTA? You know, do they even make yeah. true crime without GTA? Yeah. Or are we looking at Driver, you know, Driver San Francisco 6, that is the biggest game of all time because Driver became GTA? You know what I mean? And then what's the effect of Driver becoming GTA? Do we ever get people walking outside? Or how much longer does it take to get someone running around the city with a gun instead of driving around in a car? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many branching paths. Does Fallout exist in its current form without GTA? Or are we playing the same type of game as Fallout 1 and 2, a CRPG? Is Fallout 3 a CRPG because there's no GTA? You know what I mean? Like, it's so fascinating to see the yeah. how the industry would change. I, I agree with that, but a couple of those I think there's good answers on. I think Morrowind came out in 2002, 2001. I think it's 2002 or three actually. 2002. Um at that point, Morrowind was already being made, and that type of gameplay is what set the the pace for sure. the game like Fallout Three. So, but you're you're right. There's a lot of games that you could look at. That would be my thing is if Grand Theft Auto didn't come out as the major series, Saints Row wouldn't exist because the whole point of Saints Row is to lampoon you Grand Theft Auto. GTA, yeah, yeah. So it, it's like, what would have been the game that would have become the breakout open world game and would be like revered for it? What would and would it have gone on to get its own GTA Five that just sells 160 million plus units? You know, <laughs> True Crime Six stars a Latina woman and a, and a guy, and it's uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, but it's it is interesting. You ever see that movie? It's a Disney Channel decom movie. Oh yeah, uh, called Make a Wish. No, whoa. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I'm just fascinated to see where this goes. Okay. Well, all I was saying is that there's a the basic plot crux of that movie is that this dude, this kid's a coin collector. He ends up getting a coin that his parents buy for him, and his brother pisses him off earlier in that day, and he ends up like throwing this thing with that coin in it. And he's like, "I wish you'd never been born." And then like, he wakes up the next morning, and it's like his life. His brother never entered the picture and how different it is. And it's just like, the, it's always that one thing, right? Like how different is everything just because one thing didn't happen. Do you have the friends that you had prior? Do you ever meet them? Do, are you interested in the same things? So the same basic idea here is like, for better or worse, how would open world mission design have turned out if it wasn't Grand Theft Auto? Right. Exactly. Would it be better? Would it be worse? Would it have taken longer to get it interesting? Because I'd say that Grand Theft Auto 3 has got some rough, rough missions in it. It does. But you got to walk before you can run, you know? Right. It's practice. We're talking about practice. You didn't think they were rough in 2001. When I was a, you know, oh God, I was an eight-year-old kid shooting people on Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Man, my dad really, really won one over with me. <laughs> Picking up prostitutes, knowing what it was, eight-year-old boy. There we go. Um, yeah, that would be a that would be an interesting idea, though, to kind of look and see all the connections and how things might have changed. But 
Yeah, I think uh, looking at games that get canceled, I mean, I don't know about leaks because I think I haven't seen leaks, but there is something that's interesting about games being shown and you getting a, a feel for them as the fan side of things and then them going away. Cause there's, it's nothing like something being talked about and announced and shown and you're getting excited for. And then that possibility being taken away from you. Like I'm still, I still think that it sucks. And that I was really interested to see what the, uh, platinum games, what was it called? Scalebound. Um, Scalebound. Yeah. I thought Scalebound looked super interesting. And it was one of the first times that an Xbox exclusive at that point in time looked super interesting to me. And I was like, ah, this might be something that compels me very strongly towards Xbox at the time. And at that time, I wasn't really... I'd bought an Xbox One, but I was like, eh. You know, kind of indifferent about it. So, not an Xbox uh, Matthew gamer. Green, not, not at the time. You know what? I might be again soon if I get lucky and win that Deathloop custom Xbox Series X because it looks cool. <laughs> it does look cool. Maybe, just maybe, one day you'll well, play Deathloop and love it. I know Rude Day said he tried and it wasn't for him. And you know what? That's the world we live in. But I love Deathloop and I will continue to sing his praises. Last one here from our patron, Matt Green. He says, a non-issue really. I still enjoy the game, but it also depends on when the leaks occur. If the game is due out in two years, etc., then the company has time to make alterations that we wouldn't know about otherwise. So the leaks mean even less. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think it's. Facts. I see that most people don't really mind leaks, but I don't think very many people are like actively excited about them, which is about right. I think the way you worded it is the best way to answer it for me too. I find leaks fascinating because you can get a lot of you. You can see a lot of feedback about what people think about the game in its current form, what they think about the game revealing what type of game something is. Because you know when a game just has a name, if it's been announced in that way. The game can be anything in your head, but once you actually attach something to it and you can see something to it, it's like, ah, that wasn't what I was thinking. And that actually happened with Redfall for me. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I won't play Redfall. When they finally showed it again, it, it actually helped to pull me back towards being interested in it. But when they first showed the trailer, I was like, well, I love Arcane. So, um, yeah, okay, this seems cool. And then they showed it and talked about it being kind of what looks like a games as a service. And I was like, eh. yeah, that wasn't really what my brain had built this up to be. I built this up to be more of like a death loop slash dishonored game, but with vampires. And that's not what we got. That's my fault. No. But yeah, that's true, you know. as far as we know, but most likely not. Yeah, true. Uh, All right. Well, with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and scooch into the news. Uh, The news this week is pretty light, so we're just going to kind of cover things that we find interesting. First thing being the hacker behind the massive GTA 6 leak that we were just talking about has been arrested in the UK. He's held on two counts of breach of bail and two counts of computer misuse. He is a member of the hacking collective Lapsu dollar sign. I'm going to assume that's supposed to be stylized for lapsus and was already arrested this year after hacking into Microsoft and NVIDIA. Interestingly, it appears he did all of this on a cell phone. (laughs) Impressive. I found that pretty crazy. Um, Just because I think it's a fascinating story that people should look up as often as possible. Uh, 
there is really interesting uses for people being hackers and then eventually being able to turn that into something good. White hats. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, they're called white hats. Yeah. Well, there's a a guy who his name's Marcus Hutchins, and he stopped a huge cyber attack. That uh, he he stopped a huge cyber attack, but in the means of doing so, somehow, some way, it came out. It may not have been the means of doing that, but either way, around that time, it had come out that years earlier in his teens, he had created a program that was used for some pretty messed up stuff, but he didn't know. He was just kind of mindlessly doing it and letting some guy pay him to do as he saw fit with the project. Uh, And he ended up kind of having a story of redemption. So there goes your movie plot for you. It's a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a great movie idea. So yeah, what do you think about this? I mean, hacking on a phone, do you feel like these companies are just pissed? Like, what the fuck? I would be. We're not even safe from a phone. I mean, I would be pissed, A, because this happened, and B, because one of my developers decided to click a phishing scam. Um, You know, that would piss me off. But yeah, I'm sure they're like, Jesus Christ, like we have to, like I'm sure Rockstar, well, this will never happen again because they're going to tighten their stuff up so much now, it's going to be impossible. Man, here's the thing. I don't even mean this from any kind of, uh, people bring this up from like a political standpoint, but it's just the truth of how things sometimes work. Games you would hope would have this problem less because it's such a tech heavy industry. But there's a lot of the times that people who are older get into roles involved in gaming where they don't really understand the tech side and they're more business people. And it's kind of like I deal with at work without saying too much. We had a cyber attack at work where we got struck with ransomware because one of our 60 year old and above employees (laughs) doesn't really know how how to check for email things. And so you could see, we found out that it was connected to her because you could see where our server didn't have it. And then the server backed up her computer. And then you could see the backup slowly spread and then hit everybody else's computer as it went through. So point being, there will always be at least a single leaky faucet at these companies in regards of phishing. Now, who knows how that, you know, phishing emails and different things that can get hit. So, yeah. At the same time, you're making Grand Theft Auto 6. You should know better. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not trying I mean, to be a you dick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's just kind of crazy, but. Do you think happens. this was the guy who was behind the uh, NVIDIA GeForce now leak? Yeah, same guy. No, I don't know. But no, because that was just a someone looked searching the website and found the list, right? Oh, you're right. That was like a data backend thing, wasn't it? Right. It, it does say here that he hacked into NVIDIA. So I wonder what for. Interesting. More importantly, you know, he was trying to like make a deal with uh, Rockstar. I wonder if he successfully made a deal with NVIDIA or Microsoft beforehand. Maybe. And only was retroactively caught because of this. No, he got he was arrested before this happened for the Nvidia ah, Microsoft. Okay. So he probably things. didn't. Yeah. Well, you know what? I had dreams for the man, but turns out he's just a no good, 
No good hacker. No. Uh, all right, moving on to the next thing. It appears that Overwatch 2 may be taking all of the worst lessons out of the recent free-to-play boom. Blizzard detailed the first-time user experience recently. It looks competitive. It locks competitive play behind the winning of 50 quick play matches. In-game chat is also locked behind a wall, as are all the original heroes requiring 100 matches in general. So this is interesting. It's a progression wall. Yeah. So Chris does the news. So he clearly framed this in his own view of uh, why he thinks, or you know, in viewing that this is in a negative sense. Uh, and I'm not saying you're wrong, Chris. You play more free-to-play games that are at least closer in this vein than I do. So for me and any of our other maybe less initiated players for this type of game, why in your mind is the idea of locking this stuff behind a certain amount of progression a bad idea versus leaving it open as I assume many other games do? I mean, some of it, like I don't necessarily care about the heroes, even though they said all the heroes would be available in the game. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> my bigger problem is like you're locking in-game chat. You're locking... And a lot of it is like competitive play behind 50 wins. That's a lot of wins. You know, I don't know. I don't like it. And I'm positive there's going to be a, I'm I'm positive is a strong word, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a like skip this for $5 button, you know? And that's my biggest You're thinking of it from the viewpoint of opening the door for some pretty odd and interesting pay to win or not pay to win mechanics, but pay for convenience mechanics yeah exactly and at what point why am i paying for my game to be more convenient and usable um i I don't know that you agree but that's actually that was entirely my point behind uh the xp boost that you could buy for assassin's creed odyssey partially because it just felt not even just because it existed it just felt like i played origins beforehand and then when i played odyssey i was like why does leveling up seem so much slower in this game well and i think it's because they knew they could take this thing out and sell an xp boost to get you back to what the original xp was and so it it ends up feeling like a kid and it is i mean the whole point of any kind of boost is convenience i just think that that the difference there is that i think assassin's creed odyssey was balanced to force you to play side quests and that entirely depends on your perspective if that's okay or not like it yeah is it is it better to be like red dead where i'm like i just want to go do these side quests or is it better to be like assassin's creed where we're like we're gonna we're gonna force you to do the side quest so you see everything that we have to offer i don't think that was the right way to go about it yeah incentivize me to do half of the side quests you know what i mean but I don't think it's a. It, for me, I didn't take it as a. Uh, what's the word? Greed thing. I took it as a. They. I want. We want you to see everything, and that's that was a bad calculation. But I don't think anyone. I think people might have complained because it made the game longer. But I don't think there would be nearly any as much controversy if it had just been the the progression as it was without the XP boost. Once they added I think the XP I agree. boost. That was the XP boost creates a perception issue, right? So I guess that's kind of the idea here, right? Is that if and it's a big if, but if 
they do create a boost that you can buy that either cuts the amount of wins that you have to have down to 25 or where you don't have to have it at all. Then you, you open yourself to the same potential uh, quarrels with the game from, from users where they look at it and say, well, hold on now. Did you just design it this way so you had an excuse to charge me for an aspect of the game? And that ends up being this weird thing where Warframe kind of does this a lot, right? Where you can do everything in Warframe aside from getting new frames. And yeah. even then, some of them are free. But you can do everything in Warframe pretty much without paying a dime to Warframe. But if you buy stuff and buy the currency, you can use that currency to speed things up exponentially or just outright buy something. So like you can craft a sword and it'll either take like multiple hours or maybe even days if you're just doing it the normal way or you can pay to boost that up to where it's done crafting in like an hour. And mm-hmm. it's basically like the the clash of clans like Oh, well, for you to have this new wall, it's going to take 24 hours to build. But if you give us $1, it'll be done now. It's not that the mechanic inherently itself is an issue, but when you start trying to monetize the solution to the mechanic, as you're going to essentially be marketing as, you open a lot of weird doors. Because for me personally, I feel like locking things like this behind people playing is good because it means that people can't go into a game that they don't truly understand and start clogging up voice chat. And kind of the reason I know that is it's a mixed bag, but there was voice chat in tribes of Midgard. And sometimes the most annoying thing were people being on comms, not knowing how to play and just overly having strong opinions about things that they don't understand. Okay. Counter argument. It's my first time playing Overwatch, and I match with people who know how to play Overwatch. Hey, could you explain to me how to play? Oh, no, you can't exactly. because I can't talk to you because for some reason they've exactly. decided to lock talking in a multiplayer yeah, competitive shooter. That was the flip side in Midgard even, right? And that's not even a competitive shooter. But the same thing happened where a lot of great moments I had people coming in and being like, hey, guys, I don't really understand this. Can someone you know, talk to me about it? Or you could see someone doing something and then give them a tip like, hey, man, when you leave the city, you got to make sure you close the gate behind you. Otherwise, it leaves a weak point open. And then being like, oh, thanks. Didn't know that. Or didn't think of that. Or hey, mm-hmm. everybody, the, the war chest in the town, if you put stuff in it, everybody can benefit. And since we're all playing together, if you put your stuff in there, everybody can make things that they need. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Didn't know that. That's awesome. There's benefits to it and there's detractors to it. But Ultimately, uh, you, it's best to err on the side of opening it up for the people who are annoying <laughs> to make sure that you service the people who do genuinely need that and who definitely for a game like that where it can make or break your, your want to keep playing. Because like if you jump in and you can't communicate with anyone to understand what you're supposed to be doing or how to do it better... Uh-huh. and you have to play however many matches before you get that ability, you may just go... I don't know what I'm doing. It's making me not really like the game, so I'm just going to quit. Not everyone's going to want to push through because you shouldn't really have to. You know, it's like, could you imagine if you played an MMO and as soon as you started and you got out, you couldn't talk to anyone until you reach level 20? (laughs) Yeah, it would be insane. 
That would suck. Awful. Like, it's just weird. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Insanity. Yeah, it's weird. <coughs> well, let's see. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Because, like, maybe if, if competitive play was just locked behind 50 plays, like quick play matches, but you didn't have to win, I think that's completely reasonable. I get the idea of winning, though, is that you have to win to show that you have the chops to actually play competitively. Everything else is pretty weird. Locking heroes behind 100 matches is odd. But I assume there's new heroes, so maybe it's just a way for you to have like a second burst of usable people. I don't really know. That's a good question. But Overwatch is not my uh, not my jam, so we'll have to see how people end up feeling about it. I did play a lot of Overwatch 1, so. Yeah? Are you excited for 2? No, not at all. <laughs> and how did they burn that goodwill, Chris? Um, they laziness. <laughs> like that's really it. And like my friends stopped playing it, so I was part of it. But a lot of it was just the game. I didn't feel like playing it anymore, and they were they didn't bother to do anything to refresh the game. I know that sounds selfish, but that's what it was. It was like, ah, this isn't fun. The new legends are kind of boring, and you know, milk toast. So I'm good now. I've just play Apex. I'm going to and download Overwatch 2 next week, but I don't know how much I, I'm I know play you it. will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Daddy of War Ragnarok's limited edition DualSense is up for pre-order via PlayStation Direct. Um, Chris, I know you got yours. I did get mine. Yes, sir. I'm torn. I would get it in a heartbeat if there were plates. That's kind of where I'm at. And I'm, I'm torn here because part of me thinks that I should just go ahead and pre-order the controller get it in and then if they announce plates later i have a matching set because i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. even more pissed if i don't get the controller and then later down the line they're like here's the plates but the controller's been sold out i'm be like damn it (laughs) you know it's been available all day so i'd be surprised if it sells out if i'm being honest that's the bigger thing is when you do a limited edition controller like do you limit the quantity or do you just limit the amount of days that you can actually buy it i'm always curious as the best way to approach that do you want it to feel like you fear missing out on it because you put a limited number on it that's truly a a, a hard number like there's something amazing about both of the ps4 uh, PS4s I had like my PS4 Pro 500 million because there was only 50,000 of them made, which gave them a sense of scarcity. And then the PS1 colored one that I have, the 20th anniversary PS4, there's only 12,300 made. So it feels even more like this feels like something that was hard to get because there's millions of gamers, millions of PlayStation fans, and they didn't even make enough for 1% of the. May of the core gamers, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely do. Mm. So, do you think that we're going to see? This is just a true question. Do you think we're going to see limited edition consoles, consoles you buy with all the stuff already on them and in a bundle, or do you think that Sony's solution is going to be limited edition controllers and plates? That you can buy separately from having to buy a full system. What do you think is the what do you think is the preferred method for Sony, and which one do you think they would view as more profitable? I mean, I think you'll get both. 
because there's no reason not to put out a custom a custom console that has I don't know Spider Man and Miles on the front. On like yeah. one plate has Miles, one has Spider Man. But there's no reason to not sell a variant of that on the store. You know, like why isn't there a special limited edition I can only get with my console? But then there's one that has Peter. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Like I, I think they can have their cake and eat it too. So I would do both. Yeah. Whenever I, I've been a strong proponent of thinking that they would just do away with that because it would help definitely in the in the wake of COVID. It would help with production if you don't have to make separate SKUs for a collector's edition, and instead you just say, hey, you can buy the console, and if you want to make it cool collector's edition, you can buy the plates and controllers, and everyone can do that. But the side I'm always curious about is what is the value that they see about getting a consumer to double dip? And my thought process would be that they don't benefit at all because even though you're double dipping, you're not a new user buying new games, bringing in more income. You're just the same person on a new machine that you bought once that they were selling at a razor thin margin or maybe a slight margin. And you're not the main goal. But at the same time, I feel like there is a catch there where if people double dip enough, it creates a sense of your system being the place to be because it's that many more million units sold. Like all the people that double dipped in the PS4 Pro and different special edition PS4s made PlayStation 4 look even more like the place to play because suddenly you went from there may be only 80 million PS4 players, but there's 120 million consoles. That's probably a big leap. But point being is even if it's a 10 million, right? 90 million. 100 million, even though there's only 80 million players, you create a sense to where someone who is looking at that ecosystem may go, wow, 100 million? I want to jump in on that action where they may not at 80 million. You know? I do. I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I think they I think they might as well just stick to what they're doing, honestly. Well, with PlayStation 4, well, with PlayStation 5, they're not doing anything. That's... That's a good point. At this I'm, point, I, I'm sorry. I meant like what I was thinking they should do. That's what I would do. That's my extent. Is I would do custom consoles. I would do custom plates. But they should have a design lab for controllers and for plates. Like I don't know why I can't pay a hundred bucks and get, I don't know, my a fucking family photo plastered onto a plate. You know what I mean? Like why can't I do that? <laughs> so you kind of I think maybe answered. You weren't on the show whenever I used to say this uh, yet. But I long lamented that Xbox was beating the shit out of PlayStation in the terms of their custom-designed consoles, like their limited-edition consoles being far more interesting and far more cool than PlayStation's because theirs would do, like, textures and different LEDs in places that didn't usually have them. Like, the Cyberpunk Xbox One X looks amazing because it's interesting and different, and there's raised edges and pressed looking feel and there's an LED where there really wasn't one originally so it creates mm-hmm. this premium like this is unique and special and then God of Wars you know God of Wars one of PlayStation's biggest games and their special edition was just Kratos's Leviathan axe printed flat with zero texture onto the top of a PS4 Pro yeah they didn't try. It's just like a little. At, 
yeah. spread it out. And that was like a consistent problem. I feel like no PlayStation 4 actually felt very unique outside of maybe the 20th anniversary because the entire body of the console has an embossed t- um, X square triangle circle two zero. Right. Across the entire thing. So it creates this really interesting texture, but none of the other ones really got that. I think The Last of Us maybe did that where they embossed The Last of Us and the fern into the top of the plate, which is at least a step in the right direction. But then you have like Gears 5 Xbox One X where there's like a gash that you can like rub your fingers across. And then if you look at the top, there's like multi-layer where there's skull that's like holographic looking to a degree looks like it's general like genuinely deep in the system under like a sheet of ice there's just a clear lack of trying on, on playstation in comparison which sucks because there's some absolutely killer ideas and i think playstation just takes the easy idea of well, you just print something on it and add nothing else to it but at that point I can get anybody to just print something onto a thing for me. That it's not really that special. Right, exactly. Like I'll go to Frankie down at the corner shop doing out of his mom's basement and he'll make something yeah. cool. Well, it just makes it feel like you're just putting a vinyl cover on your existing thing. And at that point, why? You know, it's like, why am I bothering spending all this extra money? It doesn't mean I didn't do it. The Monster Hunter Iceborne system looked great. But it still didn't look as cool as what I imagine an Xbox Monster Hunter Iceborne system would have looked like. Now, Xbox didn't get one, so I give PlayStation the credit where it's due. (laughs) But that's the world we live in. But I'm glad you got your controller. I kind of wish the controller was... I think the controller is good, but I actually kind of wish it was more. It's just a blue controller with a printed fucking wolf logo on the front. It's got white on it. It's blue and white. Yeah. I just think it looks dope. yeah like I like those. It wolves. does look, it does look good, but I think you could do more. The, I mean, all, facts they could do more. They could do far more. I've seen people even before they ever announced it that have did like mock-ups for God of War controllers that look reasonable, like you could actually expect them, and they look way better. <laughs> I agree. Like they look more in depth, and like someone thought about the design, but. I don't know. The the controller looks nice, but it ends up it looks like a modern design for a game that's clearly using like a rustic look. So it's like, why wouldn't you try and make the controller look worn a little bit? I think that would look cooler. Yeah, like kind of like how symbols etched in or something. You can you know? do or like burn the edges like a piece of paper, so it looks all that old would be cool. And, yeah, that would be, be awesome. Cool. Add some be. texture difference, right? Where like the rough areas feel smoother, and then like the inner area, like it looks like parchment or something, and you can like feel the parchment pattern. There's many ways to do things, and they just choose not to do it. It sucks. Blame. One of these days, I hope that they do a design lab style thing, because uh, that would be really cool. If I could, but I say it'd be really cool, but it's the same problem. At least I have full control over it because it would just be that they're printing a picture that you tell them to print off. Onto something. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. That's all it is. I would want to be like, hey, take the seal of Oricalcos from Yu-Gi-Oh and emboss it into this plate in yellow. Like and then <laughs> have the rest of the plate be black. And yeah. then have these symbols that are embossed be in a glowy blue look. You know, it's like, but they won't do that because they don't want to have to deal with the difficulty of doing that. <laughs> Which that's not unfair. lame as fuck. That's not unfair because it's a it's an open thing for anybody. 
But I at least think they got to start trying harder for their own special editions. It's about time PlayStation. Yeah. Do this, okay? Step your game up, boy. Do it. All right. Last of Us Day brought a new look at the HBO original show, The Last of Us. The minute and a half long trailer showcased a ton of things about the show that will be familiar to gamers. We can see Bill played by Nick Offerman and Melanie Linsky's Kathleen. Her role in the universe is unknown other than the note that she is a ruthless leader of a revolutionary movement. We can also catch a glimpse of someone who appears to be Riley from the games left behind DLC. The trailer ends with a clear look at the clickers. All in all, the show appears to be shaping up in typical HBO fashion or in other words, quite nicely. Um, I got to say, I had a busy day and I intended to. I still not watched this trailer, which nice. does lead. It leads to a, a conversation around this, though. Okay. You're clearly excited for the show. Yeah, I'm going to watch right? it. Right. From what they've shown from moment one, where they talked about the fact that they cast Joel and Ellie, and they talked about casting Ellie in the way that they did to fit that version of Ellie, it's been clear. And then the first bit of a trailer made it even more clear, the little tease, Mm -hmm. that they are mostly just telling the same story that I literally just replayed again a month ago. Not even a month ago. So not that I think that that's a bad thing, but I think... That it inherently pushes me out of the market for wanting to really care about the show and watch it. Instead, the only potential interest I have is seeing how the performances play out in a different medium, even though the the Last of Us's shtick is that it was cinematic and realistic looking and feeling. So I don't really think you're giving me much different from this. Like I'm sure that the performances will be great. I'm positive they will be great. I'm sure the show will look great. Yeah, Because like you said, HBO tends to have good quality stuff. But I wish that this had chosen to take familiar characters of Joel and Ellie and show us adventures that we haven't seen in the game and choose to show us a different time. There's a lot of places that they could do this. And, or you can even do a familiar world of The Last of Us with unfamiliar characters. And then you can look at familiar characters be sprinkled in through little cameos or whatever, but it ends up being the same where unless they start showing that they're going to strongly deviate from the game and show things in far more detail than the game may choose to, which the game's not that vague. <laughs> so, well, but there's already stuff like, <clears throat> like I put in the news, like that Kathleen, Kathleen, that's a whole new character. Mm-hmm. And Neil Druckmann yeah. mentioned that he's, she's in multiple episodes. So that's a whole yeah. arc. I mean, left behind is clearly being integrated into the story now. So, it's interesting. But left behind is also our existing content. Now, your your point right, about but, Kathleen is fair and stands. But even what I'm saying is that we don't see the left behind in the story of The Last of Us One. What's the reason we're going to see it in the story of The Last of Us in the show? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're going to be changing the story in ways, and we'll see how they they go. But. I'm just excited. Yeah. I think I just want to see it play out, and this is cool because I can go to like my girlfriend or my dad and be like, Hey, do you want to watch this? And they'll watch it. They'll be like, Oh, this is great. You know, the yeah, last one is wife the only game my dad play. has ever, my dad yeah. has ever watched and been like, I stopped playing. He was like, that was cool. Like, why'd you stop? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think you just kind of told me the answer is that 
or what I was going to say is that my wife watched me play pretty much all of The Last of Us. And then again, recently, she watched me play yeah. The Last of Us Part 1. So it's like, I don't even have... I don't even have that excitement of being able to like, oh, I get to show her this story she didn't experience because she's not really much of a gamer. So now I get to see her face when these moments that I know are coming come and maybe they'll be slightly changed where I don't expect it either. That's kind of gone for me because I don't have anyone in my life who doesn't know what happened in The Last of well, Us. I guess you and your child should watch the show together. <laughs> <sighs> I'm pretty sure that would be a night full of my daughter in in hysterics, crying. I just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah, but then she gets so to pro- the giraffe. Oops, sorry. And everyone would be happy. <laughs> the draft? Oh, no. The draft. She's been drafted into The Last of Us. <laughs> oh, the Clickers have a mandatory draft. Your house right now. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, it's... I guess for me, we've seen really successful adaptations or at least entries whatever you want to say utilizing game ip lately i think both of the sonic movies are really good and they take some of the expected lore and then turn a lot of it on till while they tell a new story within it kind of like the mcu does uh but i'm worried not i can't know for sure until the show comes out so i will say that but i'm I look at this and I'm like, it's kind of what I felt about the Uncharted movie is that so much of the Uncharted movie was just trying to take moments from the games that were recognizable and thread them together into something. But then it just feels like definitely from the trailer, why would I want to watch a movie that is just a a smattering of things I've played in an interactive format that I already know of? Um, (laughs) And not to say that it, it can't do it. It's just you're clearly aiming it away from the gamer crowd to some degree because a lot of them be like, hey, I've already experienced that. And I'm, I have that feeling with the last of us, even though I think Pedro Pascal is fantastic. And I'm curious to see him as Joel, but not because I want to see that story again. I just, I just saw it. Like I just, I just experienced it and it's great. And the original is still incredibly viable. So I, I'm torn, but then you have games like cyberpunk that are seeing massive resurgence, partially because of the type of game they are, being open-world games. So you watch this anime, which is entirely new. There's characters that you can recognize, but the characters for the main part uh, part, and, of course, the storyline are things that are unfamiliar from the game. And it's drawing people to be like, I want to play the the cyberpunk game because I can go get lost in this world that I find so interesting. And then The Witcher did the same thing for The Witcher 3, right? Huge resurgence in numbers because The Witcher is just a game where you go get lost in the world of Novigrad or whatever the hell it was called. And you don't... I don't see that same thing happening here because if you watch the show and then you go, I kind of want to play that game. And you go you try and play The Last of Us Part One. What's the drive? You you just watched that story. Is there a drive? I'm not saying there isn't, but is there? Well, again, I, I think know. the drive is the performances. That's really the best, the best we got. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how it does. My thing here is, I think the success or not success, if that is the route that it happens, of The Last of Us sets a lot of precedent for what to expect from game adaptations and the expected quality around them in the future, but also secondarily expectations around PlayStation production. I agree with that. What they're going to be doing. So, but okay. Uh, Let's see. 
Last thing up, Silent Hill, the short message, is a is rated in Korea. Obviously, as a rating leak, we don't know if this is something for Bloober Team's remake of Silent Hill 2, as we've been seeing rumor of. The Annapurna episodic game, the Kojima game, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Or if this is uh, Hassan Karman's Abandon coming back around full circle. Yeah. I love that Abandon has been abandoned. That is very funny. <laughs> It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We should have seen it coming. We should have seen it. Yeah, I should have seen it. What's wrong Man, with you, dude? I, I'm, I still, I know I shouldn't, and I don't have a true expectation, but the dramatic part of me wants Abandon to actually come back and be like, hi, bitches, we were Silent Hill all along. Oh, I did too. It would be because awesome. Because it, it would be like, you know how they like fashionably late? Yeah. This is like unfashionably late. Like you you let this shit just go completely off rails and then come back with a ha ha, here's the drama. We were Silent Hill all along and I am Kojima and he pulls the mask off and it's just hi, please be excited for my game. <laughs> they haven't tweeted since April 3rd. That's insane. That is insane. But you know why? It's because they're plotting, waiting for the exact moment to reveal that it's been Kojima Productions all along. Dude. I want... But that's the thing. Like, What happens to Abandon if it's good? That would be the Cinderella story of the century. It would be insane. It would be funny would, if they... Uh, just never they announced their game and release it but they changed everything blue box is gone it's not called abandoned anymore it's just a, the game by them but something completely different I mean at the end it's just Hassan's face with like the troll glasses come down da 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 da, -da. <laughs> it's the motherfucking deal double G stoop dog you know what I'm talking about that mean Hassan that'd be it <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I almost wonder if they could actually, even with the exact same game, if they could improve everything about their their marketing and everything about it by just quietly rebranding the same exact group of people, building a new studio, putting it you know in the same location. Don't put Hassan as the head. Never let that be known, and let the exact same group of people make a game, put it out. How does it do with zero? expectation that the game ended up accidentally building for itself <laughs> i'd be super interested to see bring it on yeah unabandoned mm. this dick <laughs> i still want to make sure that if the abandon does get made we get our little voice uh clip in there <laughs> this should be in a trailer <laughs> team 47 team 47 kid Oh man, I, did you remember the Dio Field Chronicles came out this week? Oh, it came out this week? Yeah, I was so hyped and then I just realized like, oh, it's out. What the hell? It looks cool. Supposedly it does not look very cool. good, but Oh, really? That sucks. To yeah. be fair, the game I'm far more interested in is what's it called? Um Square Enix Stella Blade. Harvestella. No. Harvestella, yeah. That game uh, looks sick. literally with that game looks amazing, and I Can't really wait. hope that that one's good. Uh, that one's not out yet, though. No. Right? It's out in November. It's out on PC. And it's also out for Switch. 
I actually don't even know if it's coming to PlayStation. It's got to be. I don't think it is. I kept waiting to see if it was going to get announced for PlayStation. And Gosh. it seems like it's not. So, um, so only buy them soon so we can play Harvestella. I mean, we can. I have a Switch. It's just I'm I don't want to play, play on my Switch. Switch. <laughs> stinky Switch. Not going to play it. I, I love how we come into this thing. Like we we do play other consoles. I do play my Switch, and sometimes I have a blast on it. And sometimes I play Xbox games on my PC and have a blast. But I would yeah. prefer to play every game on my PlayStation if possible. Only PlayStation games, please. Mm, Don't talk to me only. about your Xbox. All right. Spirit, well, here we are computer. to the to the crux of the episode. Metacritic oh. graph, boy. Let's, Let's see if we it. can I'm get excited. through this. So this one's going to be really interesting. What we're doing, just to kind of set some rules, we're going to have 10 games, 10 picks. Yep. 10 picks. Three open spots to add games. Whoever has that. Now, Chris, you're, you yeah. said that. What, is, what do you mean by adding games? If something Later is, in the year? Yeah, if something's randomly announced. So I'm looking at it like maybe every couple of episodes we can look at like a, like a waiver wire pickup, right? And you're like, oh... Silent Hill just got announced. I'm going to take it, you know? Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like we have to do this. You know, like shotgun for a car. You know, when you go out, you mm-hmm. got to see the car, yell shotgun. Yeah. The first, you have to be the first person to say it no matter when it happens. Middle of an episode, I got Silent Hill. We just got to know. Right? Okay. Got your shotgun rules. Yeah. So you go, well, what's up? Like the, the cold open for one of the shows is going to be like, oh, GTA 6 coming out 2024. And then it's going to be me like, I got Silent Hill in the draft. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Whoever, the, the, the rest of this work is that whoever has the best average Metacritic slash open critic score wins. And $100 is sent to a patron out of our own pocket. So if I lose, $100 goes to a random patron. Mm-hmm. If Chris loses $100 of his money, not yep. Patreon money, no goes. We have to have stakes. Chris thought about this as just a a fun idea for a topic, and he was like, "Are you down?" And my first thing was, "Are there any stakes?" Because <laughs> I think that this is only. It's not okay. It's not only interesting, but it's most interesting when you feel like there's something to lose. Because I think mm-hmm. you're going to make decisions a little differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Because if there's no stakes, I think you're just going to play with your heart. You're just going to be like, I think this game looks good, so I'm just going to choose it. Yeah, play to win. When when there's stakes involved, you have to look at games that you may not think are you're going to like, and you got to be like, what are the chances that it's that it's mostly enjoyed by a large swath of people, so that I can benefit from its average. So, Brett, you know? here's the one question I didn't think of: If something's delayed, do you get to pick another game? Or are you just done? I think that really what should happen is that the three open slots are there and you still have to call shotgun to get them into the open slot, but you can only put them into your 10 that count towards your thing if one of the games gets delayed. So it's a slide in. You have three potential slide ins and you get to choose which one you slide in. But basically... If if three games get delayed, you have three fill-ins. And after that, if a game gets delayed, you just lose. You lose the points. Okay. okay. Here's, here's the interesting thing, though. That can actually be a pretty good strategy if you think something's going to be delayed because if you have less games, it's easier to have a higher overall. 
valid. Average. So do I have to drop the other game and then you can pick it up if you want? Like if for some reason, I'm like I'm going to drop Spider-Man Two for System Shock Three. You know what I mean? Do you get to? Mm-hmm. Do you have the opportunity to pick up Spider-Man with one of your slots? Sure. If it's if it's not on a list, yeah, it okay. comes back up in a free game. Okay. Not the spirit of what I had in mind, but I like it. I okay. like it even more. Gotcha. So let's let's take this moment to set contract in stone, Chris. Do you yeah. agree to the rules henceforth set? Yes. Let's get this show on the road. Spit, so, spit shake on it. This is not going to be a perfect list. Oh, do you have a coin? Because, sure. We got to flip up? to see who goes first. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll dice roll because I have that from Yu-Gi-Oh! Night. You ready? Is that a D20? Whoever, it's a D20. So whoever right, rolls I'll high. I'll get a D20. Yeah. All right. Riveting podcasting here. I've got a, uh, a Magic the Gathering D20. Let's see what happens, baby. This is also a countdown die, which is really interesting because it doesn't actually change your chances of getting a certain number. But for some reason, it feels like it would. <laughs> well, I did real poorly because it's three. <laughs> Eleven, so I'm first. You son of a bitch. All right, you're <clears throat> first. Now, just to give you guys a clue, this is not an exhaustive list. To be prompt and have to work off of what we do have, Chris found a Game Informer 2023 video game release schedule. This is as of... I almost wonder if we can find a slightly newer one, Chris, because this is as of June 15th, 2022. This is slightly out of date. We'll see if we can find one real quick that's more up to date. And if so, we will use it. Because I know there's been a lot of games announced recently. And a lot of games pushed back. So I want to make sure we're doing this off of the closest bit of information that we have, even if there's no way for it to be an exhaustive list. This YouTube one seems, or uh, Wikipedia one seems maybe a little better. Okay. Does mean that there's some games that aren't big enough to have Wikipedia pages potentially might get missed because people don't want to list them if they don't have a link. We'll see. Send that over to me, and uh, oh, you already did. You fast uh-huh. man. Who do you think I am? <clears throat> All right. So when does it show that this was last updated? Because can't you look at that? I have no idea how to tell that. Mm. All right. Well, we will work off of this. So, Chris, with this page in mind, yeah. Quick scan. <clears throat> What is your what is your first choice? I feel like there's a very obvious like number one draft pick for this year. I think so too. I'm curious but if we think it's the same game. I'm pretty positive we do. But okay. I'm gonna be crazy and I'm not gonna take it because I am not confident it's coming out next year, which means with the first pick in the draft, I am taking the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Interesting. I don't know if we're talking about the same game then. I didn't pick the game that I thought is the shoe-in number one pick. Because I think the shoe-in number one pick is Spider-Man 2. But I don't trust that it's coming out in 2023. That is not the game I think. Okay. So I'm going to go... Are you picking my it? first... No, I'm going to go... What, what, picking what? Spider-Man? The one you thought. Yeah, I'm picking the one I thought, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a I'm gonna throw a solid at Hogwarts Legacy. I think that game is gonna blow up, and see. Are. Okay, 
You want to know why I didn't pick Hogwarts Legacy? Because I thought that was going to be it too. Because I think even if that game is good, it's going to get dinged on reviews strictly because of J.K. Rowling. That's why Possible. I didn't take it. Possible. But here's the thing. To me, this is a shoe-in minimum of 88, in my opinion. Minimum. That's fair. And that's a good that's a good way to start a list. In my, I, I don't know if it'll break in the 90s. I hope it does. But I'm going to say that I, I say 88, but really I expect an 85 or higher. I don't hate that pick. I get okay. it. All right. So let's get this list going. We got to keep this somewhere. That's the big I've important got it. thing. I'm writing it down right now. I got this. Oh, you got it. Okay. Okay, cool. We're going to have to keep this in perpetuity though. So we're going to have to find somewhere to store this information where we know we won't lose it. We'll put it on the Discord. <laughs> create a dedicated channel. Please do not message in this. <laughs> <laughs> just all right. It. So, all right. Pick number two for you. Oh, man. It's hard because I want to pick Spider Man. Uh huh. That's a good second pick. Right. But you have a strong, you have a strong inkling that it'll push out of 2023. Is that what's yes. going on? Yeah. I have a strong inkling it's going to push out, which okay. is why. Oh, these are all, huh? Okay. I am going to make what I think is a bold pick. If I can find it again, I lost it and I can't remember. That's insane. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to make Baldur's Gate 3. Ooh, that's an interesting one. That's actually a really interesting one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to follow my gut. Okay. I'm going to follow my gut and jump on something that I think is a low-hanging fruit. Okay. Um, is it Dead Space? No, even though I do think that will do well, but I don't want to jump on it yet. If you don't take it, I probably will end up with Dead Space, but yeah. I don't want to reveal too much of my hand. <laughs> but the game board. that inspired the game that inspired Dead Space that's Resident getting Evil. a remake next year, I think Resident Evil 4 is also a shoe-in because, I say that, Resident Evil 3's remake was kind of... Not good. Not that it wasn't good, but it kind of got this thing where it didn't get the belovedness of 2, but I think it's also because Resident Evil 3 was just not as beloved as a game as 2. For being yeah, honest, that's fair. So my thing, because look, Resident Evil Three sits at a seventy-nine right now, right on Metacritic, mm -hmm. and I think Resident Evil Two Remake. Uh, let's see, where's there we are? PS4 game is it a ninety-one? Yeah, Resident Evil Two is immaculate. I think that Capcom knows that Resident Evil 2 is one of their premier games, so they made sure that they got the best treatment they could. And I think they know to an also very important and maybe even more important thing that Resident Evil 4 is probably the most important Resident Evil game to have released. Okay. And I don't think they're going to allow that game to fuck up. I strongly expect that to be in the 90s. It, Resident Evil 2 resting at a 91 is good. It's a good sign. So I'm saying the same thing. If it's 88 to 91 in that ballpark, I'm at a strong average so far. All if right. my predictions are true. Okay. Okay. Pick three. 
Okay. This is one I am picking with my brain and not my heart because I don't care about this game almost at all. And I am picking Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Ooh, so... hmm. I think it's called... I'm not sure that game's... Yeah, it is. I'm not sure that game's coming next year. Yeah. That's the only reason I haven't That's scary. I don't think it's coming, personally. I have to take one... It's a it's a big hit or miss, and I feel like with round three, maybe. But it sounds like I could have taken it uh, a round or two later in the draft. But okay, I'm going with it. Well, hey, there you are. It's a it's a ballsy move, and I can appreciate ballsy, ballsy moves. Move. I have a couple of those I, I'm going to throw in. I think you have a lot of like you have a solid like these are all guaranteed eighties, right? I think I yeah. have a lot of two of these might be tens. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I think in its own way is a smart play, but the problem is that typically the games that you think are going to be like that are either that, but far more often they're the games that end up getting that, like, failed to deliver on its promise, yeah. 70. Valid. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting uh, tennis match here. Um, all right, so pick number three quick, for me. Before we go on to your next yeah, pick, there's a lot of games on this list. Do we want to add a couple spots just for fun? You want to make this hey, 12, 15? Do you, do you want to make a, comp- just for the sake of competition to see who's closer, do you want to make an extra five that are not counted towards the actual goal just so we can see who's overall full score is closer? Yeah, sure. Why not? We don't have to necessarily, because there's some games in here that I have. Let's just do a full 15. Who cares? Let's do a full 15. Oof. It counts. Okay. I'm doing the math. We'll I'll see. track it all. How about when we get to 10, we see if there's still a lot of games that we feel like let's, it are. Let's there. do that. Let's, do let's, that. let's, let's keep this reasonable. Because well, I okay. feel like 15 gets some fun stuff like Ayudin Chronicles might show up on someone's list. You know what I mean? It's 10? possible. Yeah. It's possible. All right. All right. Well, I, you are in a very similar mind frame to me oh, in terms of the next pick from it. where yours was. Final Fantasy it. 16. Oh, okay. Is mine because I think that that game is far more likely to hit next year. I agree with that. First of all. And second of all, people love Yoshi P, and he's been very vocal towards this, and people really love Final Fantasy XIV Online. That game has built up a lot of good you know, love around it, a lot of goodwill, and I think that that's going to translate really well into not only the game selling well, I think that this game will very likely outsell Final Fantasy XV, which sold crazy well, but I also think it will perform much better than four uh, than fifteen did, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm expecting that game again to rest at at least eighty five. But I think that there's been a, there's a lot of people who've been wanting Final Fantasy to kind of go back to its roots, and I think in a lot of ways <laughs> this is going to scratch that itch, even if not in the gameplay department completely, because of the fact that it's not going to be turn based. So my real hope for this game is that it sits around a ninety two. Whoa. That's my that's my hope. Okay. So, all right, pick four. I have two here. One of them okay. I know is coming out. One of them I'm not okay. sure, but I feel like I have to take. I'm going to take Marvel Spider-Man because I feel like it's too late in the draft not to, to have it still on the board. I think it's a smart call. 
I, I think that's actually a really smart call. <laughs> yeah. I'm ex- okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. You're going to, if you don't pick what I pick, I'm going to be pretty happy. What I want. Mm, okay. Well, I'm still looking. I'm trying to play it. I, I, it's weird. I'm I'm not necessarily trying to undercut you uh-huh. more than I'm trying to get games that I think are actually going to do really well. Hey, man, that's so, why Final Fantasy was on my list. In that vein, yeah. talking about one of them Activision Blizzard yeah. games that's not actually okay. good, Diablo 4. Diablo 4. Nice. Yeah. Good. I thought about it, but I don't have faith in it. It's funny. I'm telling you, every one of these games in my head is really just like a bare minimum 80s, 85, yeah. like a, a middling 80. My okay. goal is to try and just be in the high 80s as a bare minimum. All right. I that's like my that. tactic here. Okay, so with my number five pick, I'm very glad you didn't pick this. This is either going to be an 80 or a 90. I think it's one of the two, Mm. but it could also be a 60. And with the number five pick in the draft, I'm taking the Lies of P. Ooh, yeah, that one's, that's bold. I think think that game looks great, though. I do think the game looks great. great. I'll give you that. It could be real bad. (laughs) That's the problem. See that when I'm looking through this list, there's games where I'm like, some of them I'm trying to play with my heart and my gut to be yeah. like, I know that this game is amazing and it's like on the cusp of other people figuring that out. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to kind of balance between that. Uh, so, you know. Um, all right, then. Okay. Another pick in very much the same vein, but also because I'm, I'm, I, want to champion this game and I want to be able to come back to this video and say I told you so. Okay. My next pick is Sons of the Forest. Sons of the Forest. I should have taken it just for spite. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but fair enough. Would have been fair enough. It would have been funny. I'll give you that. All right. That was my turn. Oh, this is yep. hard. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Ah, mm. oh, it's hard because I don't know if it's going to get reviewed again. Oh, okay, oh. hold on. I know we didn't set extra rules, uh-huh. so we're probably because I'm already got a remake in mind. So I think at this point, well, all mine's a are... port, which is the problem. Ooh. It could, it might not get re-reviewed. Okay. What game are we talking about? You, you don't have to commit it. to it. I'm going to save you. it for down in the draft because I'm not going to say it. And you don't want me to be able to steal it. I don't it want you case. to be able to nah, steal smart it. Smart yes. move. Smart move. Which means... Actually, actually, yeah. I, think I, know, I think I know what game because I've been debating it. I've, I already oh, know what it is. I, I know what it is. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking Persona 4 Golden. God, you son of a bitch. That's exactly... <laughs> I've had it percolating in my head. Like, if it does get reviewed again, it's going to be a ten. So it's like it's hard. That game is going to do very well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair Once enough. You, if you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have picked it because I had my next one ready. And then you said that, I'm like, I have to because I know he will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Fair. I was right this time. Hey, you know what? I understand. <laughs> There's a game on this list that I am I'm circling for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Mostly because even though they come from a developer who makes a lot of beloved games, 
I don't think any of their games have ever broken into the 90s besides one game. Okay. <laughs> I may be wrong. I am wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. Never mind. I just, I know what it is. It's because their quality in recent years has dropped a lot, in my opinion. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't strike gold again. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm torn. I'm still. Save I'm it for down in the draft because I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't think I'm going to pick it. So I have my next pick and I die. There's, there's three games on here that the fact that it's so late in the draft and we haven't taken, kind of insane. It's funny because I bet one of them is probably um, one of the ones I'm talking, one of the ones I'm mulling over in my head uh, right now. Um, okay. But I'm going to not say necessarily that, and I want to look at one thing real quick. I am making some educated guesses here, okay. but on ones that I'm a little less familiar with recently, I'm looking at their current Metacritic score to kind of give me a thought process mm-hmm. of where they might go. Because uh, some of these games I've played they're like if it's in a series i've played one of the earlier ones but i don't i never really i played it so late that i never cared about critic reception so i really wasn't sure how people landed on it um so there's there's one in here that i am probably going to say for a little bit later i'm going to be ballsy okay and i i don't really know but people love rocksteady i want to say suicide squad Ooh, bold now, here's the, the flip of that. I'm getting a feeling in my own head. Like, my own gut tells me that game's going to disappoint me. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it because I love every game that Rocksteady's made. Yeah, which means they're due to fuck up. But A, they're due to fuck up, and B, they haven't made a game. And by the time this releases next year, eight Seven years, years I think. Eight years. Yeah, it's a good pick, but it's a bold pick. I would never. Have it is it. a it's a bold pick, and I'm aware of that. This is my this is the one time where I am losing the fact that I think that this is a guaranteed like upper eighties. Yeah, because it, it, but but it's a good pick. It's high risk, high reward because this could be like an upper nineties. Dude, I know that's kind of where I'm like, because like I think about even even Arkham Knight, right? Yeah, a game that was kind of lambasted for not being as good as what people were expecting, which crazy expectations, I understand. The game landed at an 87. Oof. And that's a game that people would make you think it would be in the 70s because people talk about it like it's that. But that game landed in 87. Now, Arkham Knight, or Arkham City, 91. Oh, yeah. Arkham City's a 96 on PS3. Holy crap. Oh, shit. I mean, I, mean, I agree with Arkham City is so good. But it's only, yeah, it's good. Not as good as uh, the regular one, but the first one. All right, Brett. Actually, what is Arkham? Uh, what did Arkham Asylum come in at? I think it was, oh, I'm 91. Guessing. I was so close. On, on PS4 yeah, or on, on PS2? That's actually an important thing. Do we get to take the highest number out of all platforms? Yes. Okay, so it's a 92 on yeah. Xbox 360. Go, go with that. I'm gonna let you. I want. I want you to guess what my next game is. I want to see if you're right. Okay, hold on. Where are we at? Six or seven? seven. Yeah. Ooh. I do think we should add. There's a, just for the fun of it, some weird shit. We'll see when we get to ten. We'll make that call. Yeah. I just why well, put the cart before yeah, the horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to say it because you might take it. <laughs> I, my, I think my, you're playing a mind game with me. No, right no, no. Now. My next pick is locked in. It's just your decision if you want to take it next. Okay, can you give me a vague hint? 
this out because I'm curious. It starts with an S and it's a sequel. Okay. Oh, it's a sequel. Yeah. I gave you two hints. Ooh. It's interesting because it's look, actually... Just guess. <laughs> st- Stalker 2. No, it's not coming out this year. Um, I don't. That that's actually because when you said that, I was like, I just don't think that, that game's coming out because of Ukraine. Yeah, which sucks because the game looks awesome. It does. So with my second seventh pick, I'm picking Street Fighter Six. Oh, really? Yep. Does Street Fighter have a history of reviewing high? I'm not really much of a big fighter fan, so I really don't know. Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition. Uh, on PC is the highest score at an 89. That's a, that's a pretty solid. Hey, it's for for the seventh pick in the draft, not bad. Street Fighter Four is a 94, though. I think that actually would probably a good under under. I, it's a game that I wouldn't have even thought of. It's a yeah. smart move, Chris. Thank you. I give you Thank that. You, sir. I like my list. Oh man, I like my list. Even if I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I have some ballsy moves that I want to put in here because it's like. High risk, high reward, but I'm also trying to stick to my original plan of like games I know are going to land in that 80 <laughs> area. So, give me a second. That doesn't inspire hope. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I also don't know if that's a, a 2023 game. Hold on. Just so I even know when it's whether or not I need to have it in my head. Uh, okay, maybe. Uh, it seems like one of those games that's subject to move, even though it, it doesn't have, it's one of those tenuous 23s, yeah. you know, which there's a lot of. <laughs> oh, what? man. But, yeah. Okay, hold on, because the, de- the developer behind this I know can be amazing. Okay. And there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts in, in regards to this. And I really enjoyed the first game, but it had clear issues. So it's like, I don't know if I want to go that route with it. Hmm. Because I don't think you're going to choose it, I feel comfortable talking about this. Okay. Talk it's not my it. choice. It's not okay. my choice. But there's this part of me that is curious if Redfall's a sleeper pick. Oh. And the it's reason I say a that. sleeper pick, but yes, I'm not picking it. I don't think you will for a number of reasons, but you think about the fact that Deathloop came in at an 88. That's pretty solid, right? And then uh, Dishonored 2, I remember coming in fairly high, an 88. Dishonored 1, a 91. Uh, I think Prey came in fairly high. Uh, eh, 79, not bad. So there's a chance Mm-hmm. There's a chance, a chance, but I'm not gonna go with that. I just I don't feel comfortable taking that that <laughs> risk right now. Even though from everything that's there, doesn't it kind of seem like that's actually like the perfect like probably mid '80s game? It does. <laughs> like what I'd say for recommend for you, I would take it with your last pick, whether that's ten or fifteen, because there's no shot I'm taking Redfall. But yeah, I, I could be that, playing yeah. mind games with you, so. You could be doing a lot of things with me, Chris, but you don't come down to to <laughs> Arkansas to to join me. <laughs> that sounded so so sexual. It did, and it was. It was meant to be. There you go. <laughs> nice. 
Okay. This next pick. Yeah. (laughs) It genuinely, it's real, it's real tenuous. I don't honestly believe in it, but I want to believe in it. And so I'm going to take a high risk, high reward. Okay. Or high risk, high potential reward. All right. Forspoken. Wow. It is. I, I wow. trust me. I know that that is an insane, insane <sighs> choice. My hope is that it's at least a low 80s. So I don't scooch out of my 80s range. You know what I Fair. mean? <laughs> I mean, okay. I understand. My hope is that somehow it ends up in a high 80s. All right. I'm kind of projecting on the game. I want it to be good because I think it's time that Square puts out a new large-scale IP. I mean, I I respect it. I don't believe in it, but I respect it. Okay. All right. So what are we on? Eight? My eighth pick. (laughs) So I'm, I'm surprised this is still on the board, but at the same time, I'm not. So with the eighth pick, I am going to take... Xbox exclusive Starfield. I knew it. Dude, that's the game earlier that I said I didn't know because I, I'm going to tell you, I don't think Starfield looks good at all. <laughs> I don't know that it, but at, it's Bethesda. So I think it's going to be at least all right. It's going to be, it's going to get I mean, in the Maybe, 80s. dude. I don't think it's going to be. But I think you, I think we exist on different sides of that because <laughs> you liked Fallout 4 much more than I did. I did, yeah. I haven't loved a Bethesda studio game since Skyrim. Fair. Sadly, they've only made two games since then. (laughs) Fallout 4 and and Fallout 76. Well, two large-scale games. They made, you know, Fallout uh, VR and Skyrim VR, and those don't really count, in my opinion, but they made, like, Fallout (laughs) Shelter. But I'm not really thinking about that. Um Mm. I gotta tell you, man, you coming in clutch with uh, Tears of the Kingdom was a very smart move. There's no way that game is not at least in the nines. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's the one I'm most confident in. that that and Baldur's Gate three. I'm like, I got some good ones here, <laughs> and it's funny because I know I'm the outlier. Like, I Breath of the Wild is like a solid eight to me, even though I don't enjoy the game. That's like where I even looking well, yeah. at it objectively, I'm like, that's like an eight. But that game just thing has tens across the board. Oh, absolutely. It's. I think it's. It's my best pick so far. I think. So I was it's, number one so draft on pick. Breath, Breath of the Wild is at a ninety fucking seven. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. Mm, okay. Too bad we don't have Bloodborne two on this bad boy. <laughs> well, that'll be one of your three you can add. It, it really sucks because I wish God of War was twenty twenty three. Just be, not because I want to play it, but that game is going to do well. I, I, not yeah. even trying to set expectation on it. it's. It's going to do well. I just know there's part of me where I'm like, oh, I want to take Callisto Protocol. Oh shit, I can't. I want to take Plague Tale. Shit, I can't. <laughs> can't now. Actually, dude, if Plague Tale was this year, I would throw my weight behind that. Oh, I would pick. I would have picked. Play, Plague Tale one was amazing. Oh yeah, and I think my, like, a lot of people point. are going to come in. Um. Uh, not that it did bad, uh, or not that it did well, even like, in terms of uh, score. But if Greedfall sequel was coming, I would probably, I'd probably bet some money on Greedfall because it did pretty well. Seventy eight is its hot, uh, highest score. I think that that game could uh, could nudge up into the eighties 
pretty pretty confidently. And okay. uh, but we'll see. Doesn't matter. I can't get to it because it's not coming anytime soon. So that leads me to go back down. Man, <laughs> one of my next picks was going to be uh, was going to be. Actually, I think my next pick was going to be Starfield. Good check. <laughs> Good check. I'll give you that. All right. I want to go back to one of my original uh, ones that I was kind of sitting on, and I'm going to do uh, Dead Space remake. Yeah, I, I'm not confident in it, but I respect it. I tend, whether or not it's accurate, I tend to think that most remakes are going to score similarly, if not better, than their original ones. Doesn't always happen that way. But in looking at similar scale remakes from things that are going on, I think if you look at The Last of Us, The Last of Us Remastered got a 95, the original Last of Us 95, Last of Us Part 1 89. So it did come (laughs) in under, but not bad. And I honestly think it's because of value. Uh, if I had to look at all the reviews that pulled it under a nine, I bet you most people are like, it's just a hard bite for $70. Fair enough. I, so let's I, I see. Like Dead Space originally was a 78. Really? No, sorry. That's Dead Space 3. My bad. Uh-huh. Uh, Dead Space originally as a PS3 game is its highest score that I can see is an 88. Uh, Dead Space 2 came in at a 90, and Dead Space 3 came in at a 78. So I think a Dead Space remake that tr- that stays true to the original while being clearly graphically head and shoulders above it, I think you're looking at probably a 88 to a 90. That's, uh, that's my so thought process. All right. I mean, the game looks good. I do wonder if Callisto Protocol has a chance. If Callisto Protocol comes out and is amazing and people love it, there's a chance it might stain Dead Space a little. If Callisto Protocol comes out and isn't as good as I was hoping for, I think Dead Space will do better because it's a known quantity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. So it's uh, it's iffy. I may come to regret that decision in the long run. Uh, All right, I have a really bold pick, but I feel like it's a bad pick. I don't know if I <laughs> want to make it. Mm, but it, it could... It could really get me over the hump here. But I could just be safe. Okay, you you got me curious. What do you think? Do I go safe or do I go aggressive? So when you say that it could get you over the hump, you think that there's a chance it scores high, but there's also a chance it scores kind of average? There's a chance it scores high, there's a chance it scores average, there's a chance it scores low, and there's a chance it doesn't score at all. Okay, hold on. Not score at all means it doesn't get reviewed again. Doesn't get reviewed. Doesn't doesn't necessarily mean again. Man, you've got me really really curious. I feel like I should pick this one. Is it something I... Yeah. You ready? I'm just going to pick it. That I'm just you've pick talked it. about ever? No. Okay, go for it. Destiny 2 Lightfall. Okay. Is it I was looking at that earlier. I think it will get reviewed, but you know what? Here's a good way to tell. Destiny 2 Witch Queen, it got scored and it reached an 87. So that's actually probably a pretty decent. Yeah. It's high risk high reward. Because like Forsaken was one of the big ones before that, and that came in at an eighty-six. Yeah. So you, have, I think you have a pretty solid Destiny Two is a good, is a safe bet. 
Yeah. I think that that's uh yeah, I think that's definitely a safe bet. All right, so I'm at what, number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Oh boy, this is getting where you just like you that's, look and you're like mm. that's why I want those extra five because we could make some wild ass picks. You know what I'm saying? I've honestly made a lot of my wild picks. Forspoken was what I knew as soon as I said you were gonna be like what the Until fuck? somebody picks Sweeket in one and two remaster, I don't think we've made wild picks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like your reaction to Forspoken was pretty reasonable. I yeah, but, but I don't know that that was a good pick. It was a bold pick. That's what I mean. It's a bold pick. It was yeah. a, it was an, an, an impressively ballsy pick. Impressively, so yeah, got things moving. Mm, man. So there's like a good chunk of games on here. There's games that I, th- I honestly, I think I have one that would be a very, very easy selection. There, there's again still one. I'm surprised it's not being picked, and I don't plan on taking it. So I'm surprised. I would be surprised if you don't take it in the next two picks. What, well, here we are because it's probably the one I'm taking right now. Actually, who knows? Take I could it. be way off for the motorsport. That was that was uh, one of my considerations, but not the one I thought you were going to pick. Interesting. Forza always hits. It's Forza Horizon tends to score higher than Forza Five, mm-hmm. I and mean, then Forza uh, Motorsport. But Motorsport still always ends up in like the mid eighties to high eighties. Yeah, so. that's true. Okay, Forza. Mm. My ten. My ten is scary. Because as with the, most of my picks, it may not review. It might not even come out next year, but I'm still going to take it because I'm pretty confident yeah. in, in in the the franchise, and I'm taking the Wolf Among Us two. I was I that game. The first one is great, and I absolutely Excellent adore game. it. Uh, but it only scored a 78. Yeah, but I don't need but a big really, hitter if I hit all the really rest of them. It. You're not entirely wrong. It's a pretty fair addition. All right, hold on. <clears throat> Interesting. There is no way that this game is completely un. What? What are you talking about? I don't want to reveal too much to you, Chris. Let me have my secrets. Well, I, I had 10. So unless we extend the draft, which I still want to do. Yeah, that's fair. You're, you're, I'm not going to take anything from you. I, I'm mainly curious because I cannot believe that this game just doesn't have a score on Metacritic. But Minecraft Dungeons does not have a score. Really? That's interesting. And that game was really fun. And I think Minecraft Legends may be a sleeper pick. So let's do this. Let's make a rule for it. If it doesn't have a Metacritic review, you can take the top review uh, you can find online from a relatively Ooh. reputable website. I'm curious. I'm going to like open Critic real quick. You can't make your if, own website and review it and give it a 10, <laughs> but yeah. you can find like G4, or not G4, RIP. You know, did not survive. Mm, okay. So Open Critic does have something for okay. Minecraft Legends, and it's a 74. And I thought that game was pretty good. Uh, definitely from a value perspective. So that's interesting. That's what I think won't review well because it's not for the people reviewing it, if that makes sense. Maybe. You know, it's funny. None of us have chose Pikmin 4, but I have a weird... Pikmin 3 didn't do too hot, and a lot of people I know who like Pikmin don't really love Pikmin 3. So I'm in that mindset of like maybe Pikmin 4 is like going to go back to what people love so much about 2. 
and that game could score stupid high. It could. Are you gonna but it take may it? Not either. No, I'm. I'm gonna be the ballsy pick. It's not that ballsy, in all honesty. It's a pretty safe pick. I mean, not trying to oversell myself real here. I'm going to go ahead and lock in um, the Redfall. Redfall. Yeah, I think it's just it's a safe bet. And if I were to really genuinely look at my list right now, if I don't average out to at least 85, I would be very surprised. Yeah. It's funny because looking at my list, I average out to like a 91 or like a 73. Like, I don't know which it is. <laughs> yeah. Looking at your list, I think I agree. But it's, my, oh, I don't know, man. I Okay, so it does, because it's a very different game. It's not a good show, right? And also, mm-hmm. I mean, take this opportunity to say, I've said a million times, review scores mean very little to me. This is just simply a fun game of seeing how well we can read the industry. Yeah. And if we're even remotely close or not. Uh, And that's really what we're doing here. The stakes, I think, help drive our mindset towards looking at the industry's reactions and not our own. Mm -hmm. But there are still a few wistful choices on my part. Like, Forspoken is is a strategic move because it's a game that I knew you really weren't going to swing for, even at all. But there's a chance that that game at least comes in at a respectable standpoint. You know what I mean? I would have picked it, like, as a bench pick. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I could see that for sure. But across the board, um, I think it's important to note that I, I, I think Chris pretty much agrees with that. I don't use Metacritic for anything. No, I don't look at it. I mean, it's this a, will be the first time. I, there's <laughs> something that's useful about looking and saying like an aggregate score. I'm not saying it's not useful, but I don't treat it in the if it doesn't have a good Metacritic, I don't play it realm you know that's so stupid to me because like dude the wolf among us is one of the best games i've played it's so good (laughs) and it's a 78 and i think that there are people out there that would see a 78 and go it's not worth my time and that's a problem with them not industry-wide thankfully i know Mm -hmm. a lot of people played that game and enjoyed it um but all right uh so chris now is our chance to add as we see fit I'm down to extend because I still I got. Five do you want to go to 15 pick. or do you want to go? Do you want to make it a little harder on us because there's less options that might come into play? Do you want to go to 13? Let's go 13, but then do a two bench that we can sub in at any point. Okay. All right. So, do you want to <laughs> re-roll for the last five picks? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's do it. You want to do it? All right, fine. Yeah, re-roll. let's do it, man. Let's. Shake this thing up. You gotta be shitting me. Did you get a nat one? I roll a three again. <laughs> I rolled a seven, so this didn't matter. Listen, I'm gonna ask you because this is this is a gentleman's game here. Can I try my other D20 on the table? Sure, try your other D20. That means I'm gonna like re-roll that. too. That no, that's fine. Okay. I just don't like when that die he does it all the time in Yu-Gi-Oh, and I hate it. Like it's like you roll a number, and the next time you roll the same number, it's like that shit shouldn't be as no. possible as it is. So, all right, let's try this other little thicker one. Three, four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep my seven. We're going. <laughs> That's even better. All right, let's go. All right, I was surprised it didn't get picked, so I'm just gonna go ahead and take it now, and that mm. will be 
Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I get the name right. Star Wars I'm, Jedi Survivor. Survivor. That was actually one of mine. But here, you want to know why I was iffy on picking it in my Might not come time? out. It's not even that, even though that's always a chance. The first game got like a 79. Yeah. Or a 73, maybe even. It, it wasn't that high. Uh, and because that game had some issues. Now, it got a 79. Um my hope for the game is that it can learn from the few annoying aspects of the first one. And I think Respawn's a fantastic developer and they clearly do Titanfall game. 2 is Titanfall 2 is insanity. It's an 89. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is really strong in my opinion without necessarily having to jump into like FromSoft territory, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. If that game doesn't learn a lot of lessons from the first game, which I think would be foolish not to, you run the risk of having a game that pulls you into the 70s, one of your titles in the 70s. And yeah. you already have a few of those. I probably could have, again, high risk, high reward, but if it does go into the 70s, I probably could have absorbed that blow a little easier than you, depending on how your list plays out. True. But I respect the game. This is where we get into the weird thing, because Redfall <coughs> was my last one that I could see as a safe but potentially good bet, right? Mm-hmm. Every other game on this list that we've not chosen, I fear is this is the fun of adding three. I feel like this is could potentially going to drag me out of my eighties. Okay. So I'm trying to play it real safe. So I think what we have to do right now is determine and establish whether or not we want to even include the persona include the persona games because of the fact that there's a high chance they don't get reviewed. I don't say high. There's like a medium chance. Let's do this. You can pick persona, but then after the after the after the last three and the two benches, we can each pick one more game to replace persona if it doesn't get reviewed. I think that's fair. I'm gonna okay. spare. I'm gonna go Persona Four Golden then, just because I already took Persona you, Four Golden. You want to oh, go did. Persona you Three did. Portable? Portable? Nah, Persona Four Golden is the one that's gonna get the, the magic. I took Persona, I don't think Persona Four. 3 when you said game. you were gonna pick it. That, so. That's right. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I, I'd forgotten. All right, then fair. Don't worry about it. I'm, so then I'm I'll commit Persona to Persona. 3. All right, what are you picking? Then? I think Persona Three is gonna do fine, but Persona Four and Five have a lot higher. Love if, if, and just general. Yeah, if Persona Five was coming out next year, I would have picked that with my first pick. <laughs> just on. Oh, principle. I know you would have. I know you would have. All right. <clears throat> so many games, so many ones that I'm very unsure of. <sighs> That's why I wanted to extend it because we got all the easy ones out of the way early. So now it's the fun yeah. ones. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's a lot of games where I'm looking and I'm like, it could work. Like, yeah. right, it could. It could work. But, but I don't. One, my next pick, I'm surprised. I'm again surprised that you didn't haven't taken it yet. I think I'm curious about seeing everything in the list. There's still two that I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't taken. But that's mm-hmm. just because I know the names more than anything else, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, Alan Wake 2 is supposed to be next year, and I don't I, just, believe I don't show. know. I would have taken that. First of all, I don't believe, I believe it's it. coming. 
And even though I enjoyed Alan Wake a lot, the gameplay was very stilted. That's a game that I would put like an 80. If I was going to have to put a number to it, it'd be like an 81 or an 82, yeah. which is not I, bad by any standards. That. But it depends on, but it depends because control was amazing. I really love control. And if that mm-hmm. game learns from any of the gameplay improvements that I think control had, it, it runs the risk of jumping up in there. Man. I have a feeling that Octopath is one of the games that you're talking about, and Octopath it's, is one of the only ones that I'm feeling like is going to land in that 80s realm. So I'm going to stop and lock in Octopath. Octopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dead Island 2 is one that I'm curious to see if you're going to choose. I have, I, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not going to choose it. What I am going to choose with my 12th pick is Stellar Blade. Um, I hope that game is good. I'll be honest. I'm picking also, it more because I want it to be good than I believe it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I also really, I wish that they would change that name. Stellar Blade's so bad to me. I, I, I prefer Project Eve. Name. Project Eve is a way cooler name. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that that game is good. Um, Pick 12, baby. Mm. Hmm. I have a feeling Valheim will probably. Okay, so question, do you think that's really going to be reviewed? Because it's already out on PC. I think so. I think it would. Okay. I think in that case, we we couldn't use the the, the PC score because it's a known quantity. We'd have to use the the higher out of the PC or actually, I think it's it's Xbox One and it's not coming to, it's Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Yeah. Hey, I've got an exclusive on my list, so. You do? I mean, I do too, actually. I have a Forza. Oh, good point. Which is a, a pretty safe pick. It, oh. All right. I'm going to do a, a quick Pikmin search. Pikmin <laughs> 3 still got an 87. Uh, on Switch, it got an 85. Pikmin 2 got a 90. Pikmin 1 got an 89. I want to throw Pikmin. I think that that's a... I don't really care for those games at all, but I think that that's one of the ones that the industry is just going to love. That's not a bad pick. This 13th pick is hard because I feel in my gut there's one I have to pick. But I'm not entirely sure. It's funny that you say that because there's, I'm looking through this list and I'm just looking and thinking to myself, like, what am I willing to roll the dice on? (laughs) That's it. That's entirely where I'm at right now. Every bit of this is, it's a roll of the dice. Oh, this is hard. Dig deep down in your balls. Make a decision. Do I, <laughs> do I go with the one that I think is going to be better? Or do I go with the one that I know is good? That's the question. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm mainly curious yeah there there are two games on here that we know are coming that neither mm-hmm. one of us have said anything about and they're from the same publisher and i have zero interest in both of them oh i'm fascinated what are you what are you thinking i'm between um, two like my bench i already know what i want on my bench so i'm between two well look this is your last pick i can't interfere at all anyway yeah which ones are you talking about like a dragon and darkest dungeon two Okay. I think Like a Dragon is probably a pretty safe bet if it does hit next year. That's the question. I'm going to look up one more thing. 
Go for it. Yeah, I think I was pretty pretty smart in not choosing Ooh, that. Damn. That sucks. Yeah. Actually, this one's hard. It might not get reviewed. I'm gonna. I'll put it on my bench. I'm gonna take like a Dragonetian. Okay, fair. I think that's. I, I think that's a pretty solid uh, pick. Now we get into the crack set. Where now that I'm at thirteen, neither one of us have have even. Hold on, we got two said, more bench spots after this. Don't forget. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair. I guess it's up to you. You can say it. I don't. I, I don't. I'll it. say it anyway because I don't care. Yeah. Neither of us have mentioned Assassin's Creed Mirage at all no. or Frontiers of, or Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Oh, here's the thing. I don't care about Assassin's Creed. I just, I don't have a strong affinity for that series, so it doesn't really pull for me. But also that series historically is in the low 80s. I don't think, I mean, it's a safe pick if I wanted to try and keep my, um, my uh, average in the 80s. Uh, I think Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is a whole different ballpark. I'm very curious to see if there's going to be any real chance for that game because that's um that that one's being done by the studio behind the division. Yeah, massive. And both the division and the division two are also in our low 80s. And this leads me to my thing. I don't view Ubisoft as a high ranking publisher. I don't. They do not put out games that rank high. I can't remember the last time that a Ubisoft made game, and I'm not saying they never have, but I can't remember the last time a Ubisoft made game. Um, got above 85. Not that that's a bad thing, but they're just, they are far more, they don't straddle the line as far as some publishers yeah. do, but that also results in them never getting a big score because they kind of play all their games safe, which is unfortunate. I actually think the last time that uh, a Ubisoft game may have gotten in the 90s was Rayman Legends. It was. Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, 90 and 92. Well, Brett, you're on the clock. 13th pick. What are you taking? Okay. I have a feeling this game's not coming because so many games that have been announced from as part of... Uh, the Chinese gaming scene are just woefully behind. So I think I'm going to save this one for uh, the bench, which is unfortunate because I really think it's has a high chance of, of, uh, of scoring decent. Well, don't forget you want your bench to be good because you can swap them out at any point. So Redfall yeah, sure. does terribly to take it off your but bench. The, it, but it comes down to whether that game even comes out. That's the issue. Good point. That's a good point. That's the entirety of it for me is just whether or not it comes out. It's not a bad um, All right. I'm going to throw out... I'm going to throw out... Hmm, no, I'm not. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to see. No, that, nope, that doesn't inspire hope. I was kind of banking on the Nintendo horse because the Nintendo does well, but Kirby does not rate real high. It's like low 80s. That was one of my picks, too. But thanks for doing the but research. Just, yeah, you're, fine. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could do that for you. I don't... Mm, 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 mm. 
The real thing here is I'm pretty sure there's games that are coming out next year that are not on this list, which is rough. Because I feel like there's probably some indies. Like, hold on. Give me a second. Because I'm, I'm going to... Here's the real question. If it's not on this list, but we remember it and we know it's coming next year, can we still use it? That's one of the three extra spots. So I'm, I'm looking at it as my bench is five, two I pick today, and then three I can add when something well, new gets What I'm gets saying announced. is there's a game that's not on this list as far as I can see. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me double check that, but I've, I've looked a couple though. of times. Nope, it's not here. Um I'm going to, as long as you're cool with it, I'm going to choose it. Because even though if it's not on this list, I know it's coming next year. And I think Go I have a high chance of Pick doing it really well. Atomic Atomic Heart. Ooh, are you sure that's not this year? It's uh, Q1 2023 is what they I moved it to. I thought it, it was to. December. Atomic Heart's not uh, it originally, it really, it, it originally was intended to be this year, but they moved it. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So my bench pick. So probably would have been a better spot for um, Destiny. Yeah. But I am going to go No, that would be cheating. What would be cheating, Chris? This is an interesting podcast idea because at this point, I wonder if this is like very riveting for them. It's interesting <laughs> for me because I'm trying to think of each other's, and that's why I'm trying to express my thought processes to yeah. at least try and give some thought processes. I love the idea. So, just to kind of throw this out there, Chris, while you're thinking, mm-hmm. uh, the idea here is that the community's take will be that hopefully, if you guys end up listening to this, you choose either me or Chris to back. Yeah, and we kind of get a feel for who you think has the list that's going to score higher. Just because we—it's interesting. I want to see which one people feel like has a better finger on the pulse of the industry right now. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that. But also mixed with this back and forth as to you can choose something before I can, and I can choose something before you can, and so even if it's a choice that one of us would have made, our lists get turned into some pretty interesting things. In a nature of trying to make sure that we uh, <laughs> that we actually hit. Well, that's the hard that's part. Okay. It's making sure that we hit. <laughs> Seems like the hard part right now is making sure that the games hit. <laughs> that's also true. All right, I just need to see reviews on this. Let me see how did it do. Reception, mm, not good, not terrible. I All think right. it's interesting that someone would look at Atlas Fallen and consider that one of the biggest games for next year because that game looks like that just it looks like one of those reskins. Like somebody just <laughs> that sounds bad. And I like Deck Thirteen. I'm not even trying to say anything bad about them, but that game looks like an asset flip game. It does like a high quality one, but it looks like an uninspired game to me. Yeah, but still an asset flip, <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna go with my heart, my gut here. Yeah. Go and ahead, Sora. I am taking Sweet in one and two. That's a that's an interesting move. Yeah. Is it a good yeah, move? Yeah, it's that's a very interesting move. I I don't know. 
All right. So since we're in bench talk, bench talk. I don't want it to I don't want it to show up on my uh actual list. Okay. Uh, so I will use it as a bench. I'm gonna put Assassin's Creed Mirage. That's not because I think it's good or that I'm even excited for it, but if any of my other things end up working out weird, I can slide in a pretty much guaranteed eighty. Yeah, that's not a bad point. That's not a bad point at all. Neither one of us has said Arc Two. <laughs> you don't think Vin Diesel's going to steal the show? No, I don't. No, <laughs> I don't you're, think. Not that mine's better, but your Vin Diesel impersonation is so bad. <laughs> I, I want you, Chris. I want you to perfect that bad version of him and just go around and tell people like, you want to hear my impression. <laughs> Vin Diesel is dead on. Uh, oh no. <laughs> All right, since this is my last pick, we're going to have to just talk about it. Do you think Pragmata is coming out this year? I have been looking at that the entire time on this list. Because I want For two reasons. It. Capcom have had a lot of sleeper hits recently. They have. Where it comes out and then it's just like everybody falls in love with it. I noticed neither of us are playing uh, Exoskeleton thing. You know what I'm talking about? The dinosaur Exoprimal. Exoprimal. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that game. People have been hungering so much for Dino Crisis that I think the game may may sell well. I don't know we'll if it'll review, review well. that high. That's that's yeah. That's the hard it's, part. Yeah, it seems like a like. What would you even call that? Uh, uh, why can I not think of it? Whenever you do something just to get fans going, fan service. Yeah, fan service. I feel stupid, but yeah, <laughs> it feels like that game is just fan service in video game form, and it's probably not that expensive of a game to make. No, so probably it's probably a, a pretty solid bet. But okay, we could also be wrong. It could be a very good game. But Pragmata, sure. the fact that we've not heard anything on it, this sounds bad. But with it being Capcom, I think Pragmata has a chance of becoming the next deep down. I could see that, yeah. Which means I am going to take one that I'm genuinely surprised nobody took and take Wolong Fallen Dynasty as my last bench pick. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I actually think that's a pretty solid pick. It's not a bad bench pick. So my bench pick, because I'm not sure if it's coming. Um, okay. That's the upside of yours. At least you know it's going to come out. Um, but where I'm at, is that similar-ish type game. If it comes out, Black Myth Wukong, I have a feeling, will be in the 80s. I don't believe that game's going to be good. But, as you're saying, I think the China-shown <coughs> games have been really hit or miss. I, Fist was great. Forged and Shadow Torch, now that doesn't mean it was like a 10, but I really liked the game. I thought it performed well, and it seemed to it seemed to review fairly well. I think if I remember right, it came in at a uh, like an 88 or something like that. Um, how do you even look that game up? <laughs> Is it Forged and Shadow Torch instead of Fist? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Forged and Shadow Torch. Uh, it got an 80. 81. So it wasn't that high, but I mean, it wasn't 88. But yeah, 81 is pretty solid. I think that's a, a fair thing but the reason that i'm first of all unsure as to whether it'll be good i i think it looks all right it looks pretty solid i'm a lot less hyped for it than i am uh, lost soul aside but as you notice lost soul aside doesn't seem to be i'll, I'll look if lost soul aside has any kind of a date uh we keep getting this thing of of uh 
seeing new gameplay and then a date or like, oh, well, it's going to be 2022. And then nothing happens. That exact yeah. same thing. Either Lost Soul Side comes out next year or it randomly surprise releases at the end of this year somehow. But we're close enough to the end of the year that I think Sony would probably be like, hey, here it is if it's coming. So how about this? Instead of Black Myth Wukong, would you be comfortable with me changing it to an equally tenuous game of Lost Soul Side? Sure. Because there's a high I'll chance let, it's a wasted bench either way. I'll let you have it. Nice. Well, that's the, the list. I'll read off mine. You read off yours. Sounds good. All right. So I've got my first number one, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Number two, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Marvel Spider-Man 2, Lies of P, Persona 4 Golden, Street Fighter 6, Starfield, Destiny Lightfall, The Wolf Among Us 2, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Stellar Blade, Like a Dragon, Ishin, and then my first two bench picks were Suikoden 1 and 2 HD Remaster, Gate Rune, and the Dunnan Unification Wars, and Lolong Final Dynasty. (laughs) Fallen Dynasty is bad. (laughs) And then I've got, obviously, the three more picks. Yeah. All right. So for my list, it's Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Final Fantasy 16, Diablo 4, Sons of the Forest, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Forspoken, Dead Space Remake, Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Octopath Traveler 2, Pikmin 4, and Atomic Heart. And then my bench picks are Mirage, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and Lost Soul Aside. So it is you, dutiful listener, who may or may not still be listening, who will tell us on next week's episode whether or not you feel like Chris or myself have the better list. For your own recollection, whenever I post this, I will make sure to include the list in the community's Mm -hmm. take prompt so that you can see them and be able to make a, a guess as to who you you know make a decision as to who you think is the uh, the closer one. Yeah. Um, so this so has Brett, been a weird episode, but yeah, yeah well, I up? think I, I liked this. I thought this was a fun ending. I had fun. It was a fun exercise. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if everybody else clipped off before this, I mean, it's for whoever did listen to this. I'm curious if they follow our reasons or if they feel that we're like way off on a few. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But <sighs> so all right, gut gut check. Who who's winning? What do you think? In the interest of not sounding like I'm being conceited towards myself, I think I'm going to edge you out by means of being more safe picks. I'm just going to be more consistent. I I don't think I'm going to get... There's a much lower chance that anything I chose will end up in the 90s. Okay. But there's a much more reasonable chance that everything I picked for the most part will be in the 80s. Valid. I think that you have a few that can really push you up or really that could end up in the nineties. But I, I think you also have a few that run a chance of dipping into the seventies. And what I'm most worried about for your list is whether or not you get lucky on the few nineties, but then unlucky on the few other ones. <laughs> and then your nineties are canceled out by seventies. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like if you get a 93 on a game, but then the next game that you were torn between gets a 78, it kind of pulls you back down. The upside is is that you might still average out in the 80s. True. Because there was one game I really wanted to pick, 
but I knew it could either be really good or really bad. And that was one piece odyssey that was almost on my list. And I was like, I don't know. I've never heard of a good one piece game, even though this one looks good. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine that it would certainly do. Alan wake is one where if it does come next year, I'm glad we have those three spots that we can kind of do. If it starts to look like Alan wake is a next year game, I will probably end up throwing that on my list. But I think I that's one of those things where until there's some kind of indication that it's really coming next year, I don't want to waste the list on it. Because if it's a 2024 game, I have a feeling it's going to scooch back to like a, a Q1 2023, or a 2024 mm-hmm. game, rather. So, yeah. uh, do you? what would you say? Do you think... Because like, you, you want to choose yours because you did it. But like, well, considering the choices I was forced into... Some of them, some of not for not you know picking. What I mean. <laughs> by having by you having advantage against me and picking some of the ones I might have picked, which is not a whole lot. I actually feel like most of our picks we didn't really brush against each other. So that's what's what's your biggest one on my list that you're mad that I took? Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. Yeah, because I'm mad the, that you the, took Final uh, Resident Evil Four. And the, Hogwarts, the but abs- mostly Resident Evil. The 4. actual best answer that you the, if I was really from uh, looking at the game and the chance that Flynn will go high, Legend of Zelda is the absolute best pick in terms of yeah. highest chance of for sure being in the 90s. Yeah, I think that was the clear like every number one pick, whoever went first at that. I guess not you. You probably yeah. wouldn't have taken it, which is crazy. I'm still surprised Spider-Man went four. <sighs> I really expect you to take that one or two. Well, I did not I'm expect Hogwarts not- Legacy. I'm still not sure that Spider-Man's coming out next year. Which I agree, says but a lot. it's going to get like a at least a 90. So if it does come, uh, probably. Let me look at it. since we're still here. Where did Miles Morales end up? 80 something, I bet. 88, probably. Because there was that joke going around where like every PS5 exclusive has been 88. Yeah, that's good <laughs> or every, every PlayStation exclusive recently has been 88. All right, let's look. All right, Miles Morales came in at 85, and the Marvel Spider-Man came in at an 87. Yeah. All I see is room for improvement, my dude. (laughs) Well, it's interesting that Miles Morales technically was their step towards room for improvement, and it actually scored under. But that's also because it was kind of known that they were playing closer to one, not as much of a sequel in terms of expectations. It was was DLC. It was Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry. (laughs) But... yeah. I would say my gut check is that your list is more consistent. But if I was going to tell people to look for 13 games for next year, I would give them my list. I think that that's pretty fair because uh, you've got a lot of picks on yours that I'm very interested in. Rebirth, uh, Spider-Man 2, of course, Lots of P, I think, is a super interesting looking game. And mm-hmm. I agree. It's either going to it's either going to end up in the 70s or it's going to be like a surprise like, high 80s or 90s. Yeah. Like it might be a low seventy, like a seventy-one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that there's an interesting thing there. Uh, Wolf Among Us two. I hope that that stays next year. Stellar Blade. Um, yeah, but also I'm gonna be honest. Dead Space remake, Atomic Heart, Hogwarts Legacy, Final Fantasy sixteen, Diablo four, Sons of the Forest. I, I feel I'm pretty strong with my list in terms of knowing that. I would recommend these games. Whether oh, yeah, or not no. Your list is strong in that from. sense. I just think any person that, given yeah, my list... a random person. Right. There's no... Yeah. 
I don't think unless the games are bad, I don't think there's any misses on my list for anyone. And like you sure. can miss me with Sons of the Forest, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, absolutely. It's so a, it's a far know. more niche game, which right. is actually kind of say that's part of the the decision behind choosing it because we got that, that that rule. Well, it's not even that. I will. N- I'm not going to slide that game out because the thing is, is that it's not going to get as many reviews because it's a more niche title and a more niche genre. And because of the fact that it's in a more niche thing, I have a feeling that it's going to get less reviews, but by reviewers who are more geared towards that type of game. And I think it's going to skew higher than a broadly reviewed game would. That's bold. That's smart. That's smart. I think that, yeah. So that's, that was my sense of the forest moment is it's just niche enough. And the forest one is got a big community, but it's clearly wrapped around survival games. Yeah. So that's 4D chess. It, I like that a lot. Yeah. We'll see. I could be way off. That game could because it's got it's getting a lot of media attention. So it may end up getting broadly reviewed, and then reviewers may not like it because it's survival, and then it may skew down, you know, True. <laughs> from what it should be. So it's it's a it's a risky choice, but I still feel like no matter what, it's gonna be in the eighties. Yeah. I just think it's a choice between whether it's gonna be eighty nine. R81 is kind of the split, you know? Yeah. I hope Forspoken's good for your sake. But Me too. <laughs> let's, let's end the show. It's been a long one. Nice three-hour show again. more than long enough. All right, guys. If you enjoyed the show, first of all, let us know because this is a very different, interesting episode. So you have to let us know whether we should steer far, far away from this idea in the future or if this was uh, something that you thought was fun. Remember, go check out our Patreon, the new version of it. Consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar per month. It helps us a ton. If you want to see Midweek Matinee come back and get more of us in your ears every week, then go over there, get us up to $100 a month. We'll get going on those, and we'll have one ready. I can guarantee you, look for that post. You're going to see that new, beautiful logo. we got a new theme song. We'll let you see all the stuff that we have an idea for it. You just got to let us know whether or not you really want it and if it's worth our time. Because if it's not, we have other things that we might could do that you guys would like. So... Head over there, check that out, patreon.com slash nartech. Find us on social media at TriangleSQRD over on Twitter. You can find us in the Facebook group, Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. Ask to be entered into there. I will gladly let you in. Lastly, as always, join the Discord. If you get to Patreon, you get a cool colored name. We rep you. You rep us. It looks cool, right? And you can also talk with us day to day about Yu-Gi-Oh, about dead pool having wolverine coming back in whatever you want to talk about we have sections for it and you can always find that in the description below linkedin but as something we've always done and will continue to do for our patrons until the list just gets too large we are going to shout out each and every one of our patrons that we are so thankful for and without further ado this has been episode 278 if i'm not mistaken something like Uh, that yeah, it's we're getting up there. And we would like to give a huge shout out to Stingray X. It's a sin to win, aka Sean, Aztec King, Lechion sixty nine, the Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days ninety three, Kevin Bacon Bits, Christopher, Danny Villalobos, <laughs> Chris, I forgot you did this. You don't count. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Jehudi MD, no fate. 
Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Steven Salazar, and last but certainly not least, our longest patron, Mr. Shadowist. Thank each and every one of you guys. We'll see you next week.